Malo Dalova. My name is Giovanni Lolohe, and welcome to the Thought Plantation Podcast, the show where we harvest perspectives through conversation. If this is the first time listening to the podcast, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all the updates and announcements for episodes and guests. Now, without further ado, let's start the show. Three, two, one. Jeff, man, thank you for joining me on the Thought Plantation podcast today. Appreciate you coming out. Oh, that's all good. That's all good. Glad to be here. Uh, wasn't too much of a drive. Yeah. <laughs> it does make it easier when you live locally, definitely. Pretty much. Uh, I mean, I was anticipating a bit of a drive out south or, or something where more of the Tongans are, are known to stay, but being local myself, oh, very convenient. Be, being out west is kind of, I feel special being an islander out west, eh, because there's a growing number of us moving out west now, but then like for the last, how long have I lived out here? At least close to a decade, maybe a little bit over a decade. I've, I've felt like, oh, I'm pretty special. One of the few brown guys, islanders out here. Um, but obviously with the housing crisis and stuff, people are starting to migrate out this way. I think West Auckland's got like one of the highest population booms, you know, which is crazy. But it makes sense, True. right? You look at how New Lynn looks now compared to how it used to be, you know, a couple Absolutely. years back. Like Sky Tower. It's too posh, man. With that big uh, cloud, <laughs> the big cloud uh formation it's, it's way too posh for me i like man where's my trailer trash guys that's that's my thing push more out to right that's probably where i'm gonna end up moving anyway fair enough fair enough so man like I, you kind of reached out to me on one of my episodes i think you knew one of the guests tk uh, yeah uh, tk and yeah. Esau. and Esau as well yeah so you kind of reached out to me and you sort of like yeah i know these guys and it kind of sort of like a little bit of a conversation with us and then i followed you back and i saw that you're a tattoo artist Yes. How yes. long have you been doing that for, man? So I've been tattooing now for going on nine years. Nine. Uh, now, that's not nine years of professional tattooing. That's mm. uh, nine years of uh, somewhat of a journey. Mm. So nine years ago, uh, I was uh, sitting in the back of class, uh, just mucking around, um, drawing up patterns and, and whatnot, something that I wanted to get tattooed at the end of the year. Um, from from there... Uh, Oh, hang on. If we've got time, I'd, I'd, I'd like to sort of uh, we got tell plenty the of time, brother. We've got plenty of time. <laughs> so it's probably about probably about 10 years where the journey starts. So back in 2010, um, I was uh, made a prefect at my school, uh, Liston school College uh, out in uh, West Auckland. Um, at the time, I thought being... Being a head boy, or sorry, being a head boy or dead prefect or something like that was was the pinnacle of my high school experience, uh, and I was uh, deputy head boy. Um, also, you know, captain of the first fifteen or co-captain. Oh, yeah. um, that in, of Captain course. of the under 19s basketball, uh, among other things. No, stop it. <laughs> and so that that was that was my high school experience, or that was the mm. pinnacle of my high school experience. So I didn't study really hard. I didn't prepare for my future. Uh, but I was preparing for a tattoo that I wanted at the end of the year to celebrate my high school uh, life. So I found myself for the best part of my NCA calendar sitting at the back of class, mucking around, drawing patterns, uh, the motifs, um, drawing sealers and, and things like that. Next to me was uh, another fellow who was drawing little Star Wars sketches and, and whatnot. I think now he's working with Witter Workshop. Wow. He's contracted to them. Uh, and he's he's also a little independent filmmaker, 
and stuff. So what's it was his name? What's I his think name? Sean. Sean McGiggles or something. That's his Sean Facebook McGiggles. name. Sean McGiggles. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure that's not his real last name. <laughs> it's probably not. Probably not. Yeah, but not, shout not. out to Sean McGiggles anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had this little thing going on where we were drawing at the back of class. Uh, towards the end of the year, uh, my dean at the time, uh, his name was Steve Emmanuel. Um, any of the boys who went to Liston around my time will, will know who he was. Uh, sadly, he passed away. Uh, at the time, he sort of realized that this was something I was really into, the the, the art, the, the Polynesian designs, especially the Tongan ngatu patterns and the kopesi, all that sort of stuff. So he promised me that he'd buy me a tattoo kit at the end of my school year. Wow. And uh, he stayed true to his word. So at the end of the year, um, I failed my level three. <laughs> <laughs> not Not because I didn't have enough credits, but because I bluffed my way through uh, my final exams and um, I got caught slipping with my unfamiliar text in, in English but at least I had my tattoo kit on its way mm. and so from there the the next year was just spent um, practicing on on the boys uh, absolutely scarring them up uh, ruining some arms and some legs and, and everything in between it, it, it like song is very similar right when people practice tattoos it's like they just grab the local guys and how it's so as a person who's like practicing and obviously you tell them, you know, you want to practice and try things. How do you actually convince people to sort of say yes? Because that's because in my mind, it's like, okay, like I, I know you're a good tat. Like I, I see your drawings. Amazing. They're awesome. But I'm guessing tattooing on a body is a little bit different than on a paper. It's, so how do you, how do you convince, how do you, like what's the conversation look like when you sort of, when you sort of try and reach out to like, where it's a good mate or something like, Hey, I'm trying to practice tattooing. Keen. Like, is that how it yeah. goes? So I'd, I'd say, imagine yourself drawing a lovely sketch of a house. Um, it's a beautiful sketch. You've you've drawn the roof and, and everything in between. And then someone tells you, hey, you'd be an awesome builder and, and gives you the tools. Hey, go build this house. Mm. That's, that's tattooing. Okay. Um, the drawings and the detail means nothing if you don't have uh, guidance and and that was was me. I was I was a blind man, just just with a machine just and freestyling it, pretty much carving up skin. Um, so that was pretty much my my first year. Uh, people saw that I could draw. Uh, I thought I could draw uh, at the time. The level of of drawing skill that I had, I don't believe in hindsight, or I don't believe was actually good enough to tattoo. But um, I, I sort of backed myself and, mm. and people liked what they, they saw. And fortunately enough, I, I actually progressed. I got a little bit better with each tattoo that I did. Uh, and within the space of a year, I'd put together a portfolio to take around to different shops. And it just so happened to be that one of the boys that I first practiced on, his name is... Uh, Josh Laumatalilei, mm. or or Josh Akinan, if he if he goes by his um, his father's name, uh, was a personal trainer at the time, and he was training one of the tattoo artists who worked at a place called Ototahi um, Tattoo on K Road, and this uh, artist saw a calf piece that I had done on him and thought it was awesome, told him to tell me to bring my my books in, um, there might be an apprenticeship there or, or or an arrangement that we could come up with or organize and um that was the first place i actually took my portfolio and uh, i was uh, fortunate enough to get the position 
uh, of the apprentice or one of their apprentices and from there I spent probably probably nine ten months with them uh, they expanded their shop back out west so I was lucky enough to uh, travel from Glen Eden to Lincoln Road rather than traveling from uh, Glen Eden to K Road and how was it? Yeah, nine months with them. Uh, ended up walking away from that apprenticeship and spent some time at Unitech. Spent a year sort of practicing my graphic design. Okay. Thinking that uh, my tattooing knowledge would help with graphic design and my graphic design knowledge that I would acquire would, would help me with my tattooing. Did that for a year and then I got a job with what I consider to be Tonga's best tattoo artist in the world, Carl Cocker. Oh, yes. At, at Kalia Tattoo. Oh, awesome, yeah. awesome. His brother, yeah. his younger brother did this one in Tonga. Billy? Oh, uh, George? No, George. George, okay. George. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're well known, eh? Like, people, even non-Tongans, sort of bring them up, and I was like, oh, shit. I didn't realize how how um, how um well known they were. Because I grew up with, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. So, I've got like a history with these guys. So, we all lived in Fiji once upon a time. So George actually babysat me when I was younger, but I haven't like, but then we moved away from Fiji and I think they stayed a little bit longer. But when I got this tattoo, like he hadn't seen me in like years. So I kind of just pop into the store and then kind of just feel like Lloyd just looking around. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh tattoos. And he recognized me. He recognized me. It's like, hey, are you blah, 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 son? Like, yeah, it's like, man, <laughs> you know, then one thing led to another, And then next thing I'm walking out with a tattoo, yeah. you know? But yeah, they're amazing, man. Shout out to them. They, they just, I follow them on Instagram and just looking at their work, clean. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, so I would definitely consider him to be the best Tongan artist in the world. Uh, for many years now, his, his application on, on skin, the, the, the way he tattoos the, the machines, or however he has his machine set up, his, his knowledge of skin, the, the, uh, the ink, mix that he uses it's oh it's it's that winning combo yeah it's a winning combo and you can look at tattoos he's done uh probably nearly 10 years old and they they still look nice and crisp wow still pop out against the skin contrast everything like that um there's there's nothing bad to say about his his craft at all well you'd be struggling to find one you know yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. no so so in terms of the ink so obviously there's not like you go to the paint store and you buy different color paints ink when you're doing tattoos and, and buying the ink it's, it's a little bit of a different process i'm i'm guessing in like, a roundabout way it's actually the same it's, it's the same okay so there, there are different brands uh there are different um people out there that that make their own ink or not 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 individuals but you have different companies uh who make their own ink you also have uh, people who or, or businesses who tailor their their black ink to suit different skin tones. So there would be uh, an ink or a black ink suited more for for darker skin or browner skin. That makes sense. So the the, the black that shows it's a little bit uh, it's a warmer black on, okay. on skin. Whereas if you had uh, a black that was suited for uh, European skin, Palangi skin, the mm. uh, the black might be a little bit more cold, a little bit of I a cooler see. tone. So depending on the, the sort of color of the skin, you'll determine the, the how dark the ink would be or what kind of brand you'd use. Potentially. Really. Yeah. If, if you want to get that uh, deep into knowing what you're putting on people's skin. Mm. Uh, for me, I use 
um, a, a brand of ink that just looks pretty consistent across different skin colors. Uh, and these people uh, don't really recall their ink at all. They, they never have to post up, um, oh, we're recalling this batch of ink because someone had a bad reaction or we've found out that ink isn't good, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. So it's, yeah, it's pretty good. It's good pretty brand. good. But you have options. There, okay. there are different um, types of ink you can use. Um, I know back in the islands, people might use printer ink. Um, you can use the Indian ink. You can use... Yeah, I've, some, I've seen some pretty shocking shit go down there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I remember a barber telling me once that uh, he would burn acid. And so the smoke that would, would come from this acid, he'd collect it um, with some sort of board or something like that. And the black soot that would end up on this board, he would mix with water. And that was his ink that he would use. Is that like a traditional way of doing it, or that's just something that people pick up on the street? Because people can, are pretty innovative, right? Oh, so absolutely. Gonna find, I mean, you just have to look at people who go to jail and stuff. I mean, they find ways to get things done. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's it. Acid. Okay. Uh, What's the name of this gentleman? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it was, it was battery. Or, yeah, the stuff that's in car batteries or something. Oh, yeah. Out. That so, can't be good for you. Certainly not. That can't be good certainly for you. Certainly not. It man. may look good, you know. It may have like this really awesome color at the beginning, but I, I'm just now imagining your skin melting off like a week later. Pretty or much. Some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, hand on heart, I can say I've never done that. Don't plan on doing that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's not melt skin. No. Yeah. So you talk about your journey. So you spent some time um, with uh, the cockers and sort of had a little time there. So. What happened after that? So after after that, uh, I spent a, a year and three months with them, uh, at which point uh, I felt uh, I needed to move on. And so I then uh, had a little setup at home while at the same time uh, working in the commercial cleaning industry. So I worked for my mum uh, at, oh, where was I? I think I was at Westfield Monaco mm. at the time. And uh, also the old 277 at Newmarket. Oh, Newmarket. So I was, oh. I was, me and my mum, we cleaned that car park uh, seven days a week for eight years. Uh, we only missed one day. Damn. Uh, that was a little miscommunication, but we, we held that job down for eight years. Wow. And that was... Uh, yeah, that was that was a, a while ago now. What an experience, eh? It was a lifestyle. Yeah. It was definitely a lifestyle. And so I balanced the cleaning with the tattooing. Uh, I'd book more of my tattoos during the day or late at night to work mm. around my cleaning schedule. And that was 2015 to 16. 2016, my old man got a bit sick. And so I had to then take over his cleaning business, the, the family cleaning business. And that's when the tattooing took a bit of a backseat. So for the majority of 2016, uh, I was dealing with a business that was sort of run on a handshake oh, uh, my dad was old school like that verbal contracts oh yes yeah, yes yeah. um i when honor actually meant a th meant something and yeah you know, your word actually meant yeah, something yeah well at least my dad's word yeah. meant something yeah uh, and sometimes i don't think uh he was was honored in return uh the the, the contracts i ended up holding on to and and maintaining uh were good clients but there was just a lot of uh, nonsense to, to sort of sort through in the beginning. Sure. Uh, for the majority of 2016, I managed uh, uh, a cleaning business uh, by myself, sort of thrown in the deep end. Yeah. Best uh, way to learn, though. 
yeah 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 Although a little guidance is always nice as well oh man if if, I, if if the person that i am now stepped in to run the cleaning business back then um i'd be a millionaire now yeah. things uh, would be much different oh yeah. mate i'd be charging thousand dollar covid cleans and damn and everything Can you imagine like yeah if only we had the power of hindsight eh far yes. out if anyone could see that there was going to be a massive pandemic happening bro they'll be nuts pretty much yeah pretty yeah, much yeah. And so for 2016, or the majority of that year, from January through till about November, um, my schedule was, was basically uh, commercial cleaning, um, managing two staff, sorry, one at the time, one, one staff, and just managing myself and my time and my budget and everything in between. And then towards the end of the year, for some reason, for some reason, I think it was a, a blessing um, I was fortunate enough to link up with uh, Steve Marching at Western Tattoo, where I currently still work. Right. So Steve Marching is is the OG of uh, Polynesian tattoos um, here in New Zealand, uh, especially Samoan tattoos. Mm. So I think it probably, firstly, he's the OG of, of Samoan tatau uh, in the contemporary sense. Um, he, he's not a tafunga of the Songai Miki or the Malu or anything like that, but... Um, Basically, the, the best way to describe him is um, he's the guy that tattooed Sonny Bill Williams all those years ago. Wow. Uh, the big sleeve or the, the original both, one? Both. both. Wow. Um, he's that guy. And when that trend blew up, when Sonny Bill was like the, how would you say, the standard or, or like the... Well, he was hot shit then, eh? Oh, you know? I think he still yeah. is. Oh, still. he still is. It, yeah, I mean, people talk about how old he is. I was like, he's not really that old. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess in the competitive scene, he he would be classified as fairly uh, seasoned, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose he could qualify for Masters if he was to play certain, you know, <laughs> Can you social imagine? sports. Can you imagine him playing Masters and just dominate? Yeah. Jesus. He'd be a team by himself. But yeah, so that's, I suppose, from the time he tattooed Sonny Bill through until now, uh, he has, I suppose, paved the way for people like myself. Uh, and, and many other Polynesian artists here in New Zealand, as well as inspiring uh, artists in Hawaii, America, uh, every everyone in between. Um, definitely there's a lot of influence in Europe, uh, all those Palangis stealing our Polynesian designs and calling them Maori tattoos and, and everything Fucking like that. Fucking bastards. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. So he's... he's, uh, he's oh, I suppose even an, an even better way to explain it when you look at the kids' drawings in their workbooks and everything at school, majority of them will draw their patterns the same way Steve uh, tattoos his clients. And that was the reference that I looked at when I was practicing um, his tattoos at the time in 2009, 2010. Those were the tattoos I was, I was looking at. Those were the way, those were the patterns I was, I was drawing, those arrangements and everything. And I suppose everyone... After me, everyone in between, all these little kids, they uh, they start off their island pattern journey uh, with with his style being the how would you say the the the, the beginning or the um, the default. Right. So it's like he he was the template. Like the template. Way, the, that's the way, the, yes. The way yes. that he drew it, that's the template that everyone sort of just automatically goes straight to to this day and when you talk about kids you mean like new people stepping into the tattooing game or like just kids who you know love drawing and messing around and sketching in their books you're talking about both both like, yeah both. so you, you look at all those impact. holy 
all those NCEA artboards with all the Polynesian kids and, and everyone's just, doing the island patterns for their artboards. And you just look at the back of everyone's books. Exactly. Say, and then... <laughs> exactly. That was me. So in, in school, I had my art folder uh, and I had it decorated with, with patterns and uh, my my 1B5 books, yeah. um, the cardboard at the back of my uh, A4 refill um, had patterns. Uh, yeah, I failed my level three art because my final board was basically a vivid drawing of patterns on, <laughs> on, on a wasted piece of paper. Wait, so, so to, like, see, this is what I kind of don't get when, when people go to like, talk about like when you mark art, how, how do you, I still don't understand how people can mark like, how do you put a, like a mark on someone's, like, like when you're rating someone, right? Like a teacher looks at a mark, it's like, oh, this is a pass, this is a fail, this is a pass, this is a fail. I still don't understand that because when you think about art and like, it's very contemporary, it could be, you know, whatever the artist is trying to sort of write down, you know, that's kind of their art, you know? So I, I don't, I don't know if you sort of <laughs> thought about how people mark or whether you sort of looked at other people's stuff and like, obviously the shit right yep. like a person who's like blind trying to draw you know not blind not anything not cancelled you're you're getting cancelled fuck if i if i haven't been cancelled yet i'm probably never going to get cancelled man but like you know like there's obviously people that are shit at drawing and and it's obvious mm -hmm. right maybe they don't have the talent cuz it is a talent you know maybe they just don't have the passion for it or they're just trying to do it but people who do have passion and talent and they sort of go through school and they sort of you know present something to the teacher to mark i i don't understand how you mark that you know, mm. it, it's like, how, how do you mark that? How do you mark someone's art? You know, there, there's a lot of shit talk that, that goes with it. Uh, you've got to explain. Uh, ah, so, so for me, is. say I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this, this bird on the table. Uh, now I suppose what would they say looking at it objectively, mm. um, it's a bird with triangles in it. But if I then told you that my great grandfather, who was the, um, third warrior in line for the King of Tonga at the time, um, drew this on his shield before he went into battle for the for the king and fought off an alien invasion mm. and and died and, and the only thing they had left of him was this sh the shield with this pattern on and I've recreated that and man it's a you know play some violins in the background it's a sad <laughs> story but oh my god this 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 bird is is so meaningful and yeah. so dramatic. <laughs> So it's supposed to invoke some form of emotion, I'm guessing, or some, it, tell a story. Yeah, I guess it's it's some some aspects. It's to tell a story, because when when I because I know jack shit about art. Just let's mm, let's just premise mm. with that. I know jack shit about art. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I don't put too much thought into like I don't, like when I go to museums and and when I go to like art exhibitions, which sometimes I go to because my wife loves looking at art stuff. I look at it and I'm like, that's a nice photo, you know. Does it invoke? Mm. Maybe I'm a sociopath. I don't know. But like, I look at certain things. I'm like, oh, that's nice. But at the same time, I'm like, I look at other things. I'm like, oh, that's pretty shit. You know. So, but but I get what you mean. You know, in terms of like writing stuff and and you'll explain it. And I guess that's part of the marking, right? So if you're going to present something, you have to be able to maybe explain the inspiration or explain what you're trying to capture. Or, yeah. And, and sometimes, if you can, I'm guessing now that I'm sort of we're talking about it, maybe if you don't have to explain it and it's like people can sort of look at it and be like, this is what, you know, this is what I'm getting. This is what the artist is probably trying to portray. That's probably maybe top tier. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Potentially, but then it, it can go in the opposite direction. Like if you're able to 
uh, have something so so big and bold, but then there's a hidden meaning that mm. requires an explanation, and then you realize, my goodness, I've been I've been looking at the circle on the wall this whole time. I didn't realize there was a square in the background, and that square in the background represents you know how screwed up my life is, or something like that. Like wow, right, right. Wow. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't had that moment yet, but look, yeah, maybe yeah. we'll see. Maybe at the next uh, trip to an art exhibition, I'll probably get something. You, know, you just see some random dude with a beard crying in front of a photo. Yeah, there you go. And <laughs> Hitting then some emotions, some deep emotions there. Something like that. And I, I, I was able to uh, bluff my way through uh, an assignment, actually, that I had at Unitech. It was, it was some sort of social studies uh thing i remember one day we were studying feminism and the next day we were talking about horse penises and stuff <laughs> like that so this you know and we're, we're talking about some real um airy fairy sort of shit and if if you know me you know that i'm the biggest shit talker <laughs> i i can stand up on the spot and deliver a speech i can do uh everything uh, that you sort of tell me to on the spot and I flunked this this particular class. I, I didn't turn up to half of the classes or um, I didn't do any of the uh, projects or anything like that, but we had to put together some art at the end of the year. And I took one of my drawings, I put some Polynesian designs, some, some Tongan patterns, some Samoan patterns, and I slapped them onto a skull. And, and the night before, well, actually, so I, I dipped the paper um, into tea, tea, like a, you put tea bags in water and, and I scrunched the paper up and I, and I put it in and then I lit the, the paper on fire. Absolutely just being just dramatic with, with what I was doing. And I had this, this, this skull on there and I wrote nonsense about um, colonization. I wrote nonsense about um, tattooing and, and things to do with uh, how tattooing was back in the day in the islands and um white man this and white man that and tattooing nowadays and i passed i got a 60 percent. i think the passing rate was was 50 nice. and and i passed that which meant i passed my first year uh at my at unitech and i laughed i laughed so much because i talked the most shit but it worked yeah and that and passing that course probably reinforced that yeah i can fucking wing it and and make it. And I went to Unitech too, man. I did. I did nursing through Unitech, and I I started through foundations. And I, through foundations, I fucking winged it. Just winged it. But at, but at the same time, I sort of like I need to fucking pass this. Like, I don't want to end up being a bum. Mm. So yeah, man. I mean, Unitech. I got a close. I've got a really soft place for Unitech. Yeah. You know, because I feel like Unitech was like I when I moved here. You know, and I kind of in, in previous podcasts, but when I moved here, I moved here for seven form, and I bombed hard. That's why when you, when you said two double seven, I went to Auckland Grammar. Two double seven was the spot, man. I can imagine know? it was two double seven was the spot. I mean, everyone everyone went there, you know, and just hang yeah. out and just loitered around. Had no money, but like you know, yeah, just loitered yeah. around. But you know, but I bombed, and then you know, just aimless for a while, and you know, I didn't have any qualifications. I left with nothing. You know, I had mm. some. Uh, Tongan, you know, Tongai, you know, um, qualifications, but that doesn't mean jack shit here, yeah. you know, you know, unless you finish form seven there, then you can use that to get into uni. But I didn't have that. I tried to <laughs> tried to move here and and wing it. Obviously, that was that was one of the years where I thought, okay, maybe winging isn't like isn't going to get you everything. But you know, then found found Unitech. You know, they allowed me to come in, started foundations, and then you know, I'm now 
going on five years nursing and mental health. You nice. know, so so I, I you know, I think, you know, you know, looking at tech schools and everyone sort of looked down at tech schools, but what people don't realize these these tech schools give a lot of people a second chance at, at going at life, you know? Absolutely. Because they do. They have very you know, not not that they have low standards, but they're more almost more there's more avenues to get in there and, and do a course and do whatever you think is you'd like to do with your life i think they just got they've got that potential and i you know and i've seen so many people come through who had done multiple jobs i think i had a guy i don't know if he was actually crazy but his name was craig and he told me he was part of the um, french foreign legion he had been in the french True. foreign legion and you know what he looked crazy enough to t- be telling the truth you yeah. know he had a briefcase to school so i don't know if that <laughs> you know enough. but Bit. Did you see what was in that briefcase? No, sniper. Uh, no. Well, he did mention like he he got frustrated quite often, and then he'd say, "Man, if I had a if I had my sniper here, I apparently he was a sharpshooter in in of the French Foreign they Legion. Are, they yes. all are. Every yeah. everyone in the French Foreign Legion. You watch one Van Damme movie where he jumps in the French Foreign Legion. Everyone's everyone loves it. You know, giving you the run. Man, if I had my C sixty seven long barrel <laughs> rifle from thirty all, degrees, I'd and all my and all my attachments. Oh you know, yes, I'd, yes. I'd be I'd be setting up in the distance on my bipod, and you know, no one can touch me. Yeah, you know? yeah. He was like, a, he was a cool guy, but um, at the same time, you know, you hear certain stories, you're like, hmm, that's an interesting story. But I probably call bullshit on it. Yeah, you're like when? Yeah, when? when? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when? Will- <laughs> please, please elaborate more. <laughs> Yeah, but Unitech was definitely uh, my worst and best experiences with with, with schooling, yeah. because I hate schooling. But I think the opportunity that that came after me with with all the stuff that I did through there, I, I can't you know I can't speak any more highly of it. You know, mm. and it's not the in terms of rating like it's not Auckland Uni in terms of the prestige and stuff like that. But anyone who goes to Unitech and whatever course you do, you look at the people around you, and you know it's like a whole bunch of people from all walks of life you know yeah and they're all similar goal maybe they've tried something they want to change maybe they've done something and failed at it but this was their second chance and yeah a lot, a lot of inspiring people that came through too especially yeah. especially the adult students they're you know? like uh sort of consider them the underdogs yeah in a yeah. roundabout way did you ever uh participate in amataki law and and all the tongan associations cool. and We'll see. I'm I'm too good for those things. <laughs> no, um, um, Unitech didn't have any connections to that. I think if we want, yeah, I don't think we did. Oh, not it. No, not mm. so. Not that I knew of, anyway. Mm, so, mm. I hung out with all the guys that I moved that moved from Tonga. You know, so we're all bumming around, being dicks, going back and forth from um, what's the bar? Carrington. What's, Carrington. You know. Yeah. So, uh, we didn't hear much about like, the Tongan Association stuff and Amataki Law and stuff like that. We didn't. True. We didn't have. Did you? Yeah, Did you? so in 2013, uh, when I ended up at Unitech, when I was fortunate enough to get in there as a special student, uh, someone over 20, uh, I think that was the first year they split from BIPA, the Performing Pacific Islands, Performing Arts or, or something. Okay. And we had a group that went down to Wellington. We were hosted by the Wellington or the Wellington University or whatever they call themselves, uh, Tongan Association. Mm. Uh, we had uh, Auckland, AUT, um, Monaco, everyone, you know, anyone oh, who was yeah, Tongan yeah, was yeah. down there. All the cultural guys, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and we had a decent amount of Samoans there as well. Wow. And, and it was just, um, it, was, it was a big excuse for a catch-up, um, play sports, get drunk, and... Uh, 
how would you say, quote unquote, network. Now tell the truth. Now it's people mostly go to get drunk though, right? Get drunk, hook up. And yeah, of course. <laughs> we're, we're pouring out all the secrets. Please don't cut the funding to yeah. these places, guys. <laughs> it's also very cultural. Very cultural. It's very uh, cultural. Learning. Yes. And aspirations and young tongue and achievement. Yeah, it's all of ne- all of networking. Network- as you said. Yes. It's, it's networking, though, <laughs> for sure. Man. No, but it's true. I mean, like, put that all aside. People do network, right? That's the whole point of of having established associations and events like this is to sort of connect all these different universities under one roof, especially under a Pacifica sort of lens. So it was, I, I, I can I can get down with that. Yeah. But but for me, I had, well, I grew up in Tonga, so I, I, I've kind of done the Tongan thing for mm. a very, very long time. So no, I had nothing against it. Um, yeah, I think I was just, I just didn't think about it. I, I knew what it was. You know, my sister went to Auckland Uni, did all that stuff. My wife, when she was at Auckland Uni, done all that stuff. Mm, not for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that was, that's probably a good thing. Uh, I spent far too many hours at practices and the commitment to uh, Amataki Law and, and our Tongan Association uh, was very demanding. And if we were demanding, I can only imagine how much more demanding it was for the schools who took it extra serious. Yeah. Like Auckland Uni. Auckland Uni. Tawa. Tawa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of my cousins did that too and, and they, they still rep it. They still rep it to this day. Yeah. Like, oh man. Okay. Good for you guys. Yep. You know. I think they had like a secret handshake and. Nah, nah. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> Look at us, be a bunch of haters. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bunch yeah. of haters. <laughs> All right. So you sort of um, went to Unitech, passed your first year by the skin of your teeth. You know what? What happened after that? What What progressed after that? So after Unitech, uh, I did the the year of. Uh, so after Unitech, that was when I spent my time with uh, Kalia Tattoo, right. Kyle Cocker and his wife. After that, I went home and was balancing uh, working for my mum at Westfield Monaco, mm. um, tattooing at home and 277. Uh, from there, I ended up taking on my dad's business for 2016. Then I was lucky enough to work with Steve Marching. So I had the cleaning business and then I had this opportunity to work with mm. him. So I started to balance balance both. Uh, in 2017, through till, yeah, through till probably, yeah, the end of the year. Ah. Mm. So in that year, I, I realized uh, my work had, uh, well, my tattooing had taken a, a back seat and, and suffered for it. Uh, I was definitely on the back foot. I, I had a limited window where I could take bookings. The commercial cleaning was absolutely uninspiring for myself. And I didn't know what I was going to do, really. Um, I picked up another cleaner, uh, another guy, and I essentially, to my own demise, I, I ran that business like a like a bloody charity. Uh, uh, so I inherited uh, the, the business of my father, and, and he'd run it like a charity with his worker. Uh, there was a bit of, uh, definitely a sense of entitlement from this guy, that was working for us and and I was a bit of a sucker as well. So I, I, I lent money that I knew wasn't gonna come back, um, paid hours that for work that didn't take place and, and things like that. And so towards the end of the year, uh, the standard of cleaning at this this place started to drop. And so I, I tried to contact this guy, it didn't work. Ended up trying to set up a formal meeting with him and then the man, um, sends me a text message saying he's going to take me to tribunal and he's going to 
do X, Y, Z, and I owe him money, and we can all, we can all, yeah, yeah, exactly. My what? my reaction was just the the eyes emoji, mm. and so he told me that um, I owed him thousands of dollars um, for cleaning equipment and and petrol and stuff like that, but but I, I he would wipe that uh, that debt or that that bill that he was gonna take me to the tribunal for if I gave him the company car that I bought for him to, to drive to and from like for work. him to keep. Yeah, if I just gave it to him. And so I was subscribed to this HR service and, and they were absolutely useless. Mm. Um, they they did not represent me or support me. So I ended up um, giving away this car and uh, that guy, I've, I haven't seen that guy to this day and I'm glad I, I don't, I don't want to see him uh, because that one hurt. Uh, I knew him as long as I'd sort of been able to walk and I ended up taking on more hours of cleaning mm. and still trying to hold on for dear life with this uh, job that I had. Uh, two weeks later, the other guy that I really depended on, uh, he told me that, that he'd had enough and um, he'd had, uh, I don't want to say like a mental breakdown or something like that, but he he just didn't want to clean anymore, mental health, this and that. Mm. Like burnt out, like he felt burnt out. Burnt almost. out in, in other aspects of his life. Oh. And that he wanted to just go off uh, and do a, a hikoi. He wanted to go for a, a spiritual um, journey and the cleaning toilets and the stability that the job offered wasn't for him. And so, yeah, I took on probably 35 to 40 hours uh, work a week of, of cleaning whilst trying to build a brand and and become a good tattoo artist at the same time so what kind of places were you cleaning were it like commercial buildings or was it you yeah know, um, yeah so i had the public restroom at a little um block of shops in ponsonby i i had the office of an international airline i had um a place in henderson there was a a building there and I just had to keep the, the main areas and the foyer clean and the car park at the back clean. Uh, as well as that, there was a dermatologist that, that needed to clean twice a week uh, and a travel agent uh, place as well. And um, I think that's that's pretty much it. There might have been another one that... that, that so when everyone left, you kind of... It yeah, was just you. Yeah, yeah. To clean all that. Pretty much. Fuck. And um yeah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. It was it was a I don't even like cleaning my living room, let yeah. alone <laughs> someone else's uh oh, yeah, mess. Jeez. Someone yep. else's mess, yeah. Yep. And um that was I mean it it sort of turned me into I'd say it turned me into a beast in terms of work ethic, in terms mm. of uh excuses, in terms of um well I, I think work ethic sort of pretty much encompasses it that yeah. it changed my work ethic changed my outlook on life um probably is is the reason why i have more conservative views nowadays uh in 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 other aspects of of life mm. and i wouldn't take it back uh, I, I wouldn't not go through that hell mm. um because i i believe it's shaped me uh, for who I am, uh, I also I can't uh, say this part of the story without mentioning uh, my wife. Uh, I don't want to name her, 
just because my views are quite polarizing and if anyone who doesn't like my views uh will, would ever drop her name yeah. um someone's don't need to bring her up someone's yeah. gonna catch hands someone, someone but she she put up with a lot of my grumpiness during that time and i feel that she was a big reason why i was able to push on and she, I'd pick her up from work at 8.30 and she'd come help me with a couple of sites. Then we'd grab a munch and I'd drop her home. And uh, I was very fortunate to have her in my corner. Man, I can I can relate to that so much, man. I mean, during, during my Unitech days, I, you know, uh, we had our child quite early. It wasn't planned, but, you know, it was a blessing at the same time. But, you know, I stepped out of high school, nothing no, no real job experience. My last job experience was working um, for my uncle in Tonga at you know unloading containers for massive fucking container ships. Mm. You know, I, I had no previous experience here, so you know when all this sort of eventuated in my life, I was like, you know, shit, gotta get stuff done. You know, you're living for more than yourself now. You have to sort of you, you want to fucking get shit done, and and I can relate going to places and just being absolutely fucking just just looking at it and just thinking fuck. I can't fucking believe this is what's happening right now. You know, yeah. I worked as a, I'm not going to name the place because they were actually quite shit and I'm not going to drop their names here, but I worked for uh, NGO, a non-governmental organization, and they uh, specialize in work with um, older adults. So I'd go to their homes, you know, make sure the meds are being taken and things like that. But, you know, just I, I could relate in the sense that if my wife wasn't with me or if I didn't have that support system, you know, I don't know what the fuck would have happened. You know, you just, mm. you need, you need that push, right? You need someone there at the end of the day that's, you know, you know, like they're trying to lift you up. They're trying to make sure that you're, you know, that you're doing okay. As little as, you know, even if it's as simple as, you know, like a hug at the end of the day, or you have something at home and they've done something nice for you. That's the kind of things that people need at the end of the day, you know, yeah. to just help push you through. Because I, I, when people talk about, you know, running hard, running into brick walls and just finding it difficult, I, I relate with that 100%, man. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't look back and think I didn't learn anything from it. Absolutely. Working hard, fuck, it takes you places, man. Yep. You know, it, you know, because at the end of the day, those kind of jobs, like your clean job, my job as a community support worker, you, you, you have to rely on yourself. You know, you can't mm. bitch and moan because no one's going to really fucking care. Yeah. You know, you have to figure it out and progress forward. And, you know, if you work hard enough and push hard enough, things will eventually get better or you find a better opportunity down the line. But the work ethic is something that I definitely, definitely sort of came from that. You know, work working with people or, or working in those kind of industries like cleaning industries is like, that's fucking hard, you know. But oh, yeah. I, I do definitely hear what you're saying in terms, and i 100 agree with you that i think and i think that's what a lot of the youth miss these days you know mm. they don't have these opportunities for whatever reason they don't have these opportunities where they need to sort of go out and you know just really grind fucking grind yeah. for certain things you know and in a way i'm happy about that because the heartache the stress you know being burnt out i've been burnt out many times you know to the point where i wake up and i just, I'm not going to go into work today, man. I just can't fucking do it. You know, like mm -hmm. that burnt out, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy that the youth don't have to go through that, but they, they missed a very valuable lesson, you know, that hard work pays off. Yes. It, it really fucking does, you know, yep. forget all these things, you know, and we can get into the whole politics of things, but you know, forget about, you know, blaming this person for that or blaming for, for your hardships and whatever. At the end of the day, the only person that can really make a change is, is yourself. You know, you need to sort of at some point sit down and think, I'm tired of this fucking shit. 
I need a change. And that's what drove me to go back to school and become a nurse and be like, listen, I'm not well off, but I'm comfortable, mm. you know? And that's a far stretch to being concerned about, fuck, I don't have enough gas to get to work today. Yeah, or, I, nice. you know, like I don't even have enough money to like, you know, feed the family as, as well as I can. You know, like, like mm. I, I, you know, I relied on a lot of people, you know, relied on my wife's family, relied on my family for help and stuff like that. You know, but man, once you step out of it and when you sort of get to this place where you're like, nah, shit's good now. Yep. Nothing's perfect, but you know, you compare you, and you need to you need to be comparing, right? You need to reflect back on where you were previously, mm. you know, because things may not be perfect. You may not have, you know, received what you wanted or you may have not achieved it yet what you wanted. But is your life better now than it was before? Most likely, yes. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. if you put the hours in, you put the man hours in, you put the grind in. You're fucking there, man. You know, absolutely. And and th- this is one of the things where I'm like, man, I'm torn because I love my children. I don't want them to go through this <laughs> this kind of fucking hell because it is, yep. you know. So it's probably looking for other ways that they can where they learn work ethic because I think you can look at people work, you know, and then you can respect it. Like you know, I looked at people work hard my whole life. You know, look at my mm. father, look at my mother, I look at all my uncles and my aunties and stuff, and. Everyone has quite hard work ethic, but it wasn't until I was put in that fucking situation where it's like, it's fucking sink or swim, bro. True, true. Sink or swim. And going to be honest with you, some people sink, you know, yep. that's life. You know, some people sink and, and it's unfortunate, but it happens. But the people who refuse to sink, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's something to say about that. There's something to say about you know, being determined enough, or even stubborn. You know, that's when you know, being stubborn is a uh, is I think useful. That's my middle name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeff Stubborn. Oh man. Yeah. But you know, I think there's there's something to say about you know going through hardships to Absolutely. make yourself stronger. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I'd I'd say, in terms of the work ethic and and children and whatnot, it's 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 a it's a privilege, um, to to grow up with that sort of example. For myself, my earliest memory of, of me and my my parents was that when I was young enough to remember, uh, I can remember being wrapped up in a blanket burrito, uh, earliest hours of the morning, and my parents are dropping me off. We're, they're driving some sort of high-ace van, cleaning gears in the back. I'm sitting in the middle, and I'm getting dropped off to my grandma's house in Ranui, and then mum and dad are off to go clean. And... My entire childhood experience involved me hanging out at home with, with grandma, uh, my Palangi grandma who raised me. Mum and dad are out working. So our household was, you know, you get up before dawn or, or you get up whenever, you get ready, you go work, you come back late at night or whenever. And that was my example or that was the idea of hard work or just work in general was normalized for me. That was my lifestyle. And so it wasn't hard for me to build my own sense of, of work ethic as I uh, grew into my teen years. And I think from probably from 12 years old, I was, I was spending a night a week going out and cleaning with my dad. Uh, from 14, I was cleaning the tables at Linmore with my cousin. Uh, my mum was looking after the, the cleaning contract there at the time. 15, I was working at McDonald's all while studying. Uh, 16, working at a different McDonald's, doing my senior years, uh, as well as, actually, as well as the car park job, as well as, so the McDonald's and the car park and school. I just feel tired listening to this, it's like, fuck, man, 
That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, but it wasn't work necessarily. It was the lifestyle. Mm. Um, and it was the time management. And it was just knowing that there's stuff to do. The Don't sleep in. Uh, well, you can sleep in. That's that's your choice. But um, there are consequences. Of course. And for me, uh, it's, 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 it's something I will pass on to my kids. Mm. So I definitely, uh, I want them to suffer. Um, I want them to have a hard time, not, not, uh, emotional turmoil or, or things like that, but I want them to know that the world is a shit place sometimes. Are we allowed to? Yeah. Okay, cool, you cool, can, cool. You can say what the fuck you want. This is a fucking shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I want them to know because yeah. that's the reality. You step out on your own and the world is a shit place and having them uh, or giving them manageable doses from a young age of that and, and being able to... Uh, I mean, I don't even have kids yet, but I, I imagine the day where, you know, my my child's had a shit day, he's learned a life lesson, and I can tell him, yeah, it's going to be all right, but yeah, that does happen, and yeah. you know, it's not your fault, but mm. have a sook, but get ready, you got work tomorrow, you got school tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, resilience. Resilience, definitely, definitely. Resilience is is one of those things that's really. That, that I can only think of is going through a hardship and, and coming out a much more stronger person. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't, in terms of teaching resilience, it, it's it's a difficult thing to teach your children, you know, because you can tell them, oh, you know, you need to not take this to heart, you need to not do this, you know. As simple as teasing, you know. Like, I'm lucky I grew up in a big family. <laughs> you know, I, I grew yeah, up in a big family, a yeah. lot of cousins. I was one of the youngest. Man, you know, shout out to Renzo, you fucking bully. You know, but he's <laughs> but he's a but, but you know but what he taught me and and his his brother and all my older cousins is that it's okay, like it's okay to be mocked because it's it doesn't really hurt, you yeah. know. And I think over time, like I, I can remember being a you know just overly emotional child because being the youngest, you know, we get <laughs> we get it, you know, yeah. we, we we get it the hardest. But over time, I built the resilience. Like now, I give it back just as hard to him, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's. One of the things that I hope my, my children and the people that are, you know, I work in Metal, so one of the big things is trying to get people to be more resilient. Because I, I agree with you, man. I mean, the world sucks. Yep. You know, there's, there's, there's certain beautiful, there's, there's amazing aspects and, and beautiful parts of the world and, and beautiful things to life, definitely, you know. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows, you know. Mm. And sometimes you have to go through the dark parts to get to, you know, the best parts of yeah, your life, yeah. you know. And I guess people... I'm generalizing, obviously, you know, I'm generalizing, but, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of people sort of expect, you know, and, and I work a lot with, with students as well. So I, I see a lot of them expect as soon as you finish high school, as soon as you finish uni, things are going to be great. <laughs> I'll, I'll get my job, my dream job. Yep. I'll be working. The reality is you think you, you think university is the pinnacle of, of where you're going to start learning shit. Actually, you start learning the real shit. When you move out of uni and start doing whatever the fuck you're wanting to do. Yes. You know? And that could be anything when it comes to nursing, tattooing. As soon as you get the hands-on theory, listen, I'm not going to throw theory completely away because it's important to have a foundation of knowledge. But like when people sort of pop in and they sort of talk to me and it's like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm gonna do. It's like, well, first off, you don't know what the fuck you want to do. You know, you, you still can't even like one of the one of the craziest, the biggest questions we always ask um, our students sometimes, which kind of gets overly done is like, what kind of nursing do you want to do? You know, do you want to be a medical? Do you want to go into this? Do you want to go into that? And most of them don't even know, you know? Mm. 
But a lot of the times I look at it as opportunities, opportunities for people to rise to the occasion or learn from the hardships, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's the only way forward. The other people who sort of don't do that become resentful. They sort of drop out. They do other things because they can't, A, they, they, they can't take criticism well. You know, it's one yeah. of the big things, you know, constructive criticism, yes. you know, and there's yes. a difference between, you know, telling people your shit for no reason, you know, that's bullying. That's, mm. that's different. But constructive criticism, if you can't take that, then you, you're going to have a really long fucking road, my friend, you know, if you can't even take that. But also being aware that you have to earn a lot of the shit in life. Nothing is going to be given to you unless you want to a millionaire and then, you know, good for you. But I'm not hating on them. I'm not hating on them, you know. Um, But a lot of the time for everyday people, you, you know, you need to earn what you think you deserve, you know. Yep. You know, and and you need to to fucking put the work in as like we said earlier, you know, the the hardship makes things a lot more. Well, I guess the hardship puts a lot of things into perspective, you know, because when you come out of it. You're thinking, whew, thank God that's fucking done. But at the same time, man, I really appreciate where the fuck I'm at right now. You exactly. Know? You know, exactly. I've got a full-time job. It's not the best job in the world. doesn't get paid the most. But fuck, at least I'm not doing this, yep. you know? So, man. So it's just kind of, we're kind of drifting off into the deep and meaningful, oh, yes, you know? Yes. It's like we haven't even been drinking, guys. Yeah, I know, you know? I know. Jesus. So I'm actually curious. Is, is the tattooing business really competitive? And I premise this question because... I was looking at your highlights the other day, and I saw that you uh, you you posted up one about this lady that sort of commented this like really yeah. intense. <laughs> so 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 just just to sort of set up the context. So like I was you know before you come in, I do a little bit of research, look at people's like postings and sort of what they do, and the highlight. I think it's your first highlight, your very first highlight or something. Twitter troll. The Twitter troll. So. She kind of wrote and was very harsh in her criticism of lines and stuff like that. I don't know if this person even does tattoos or whatever, but she was, you know, it wasn't constructive, you know? It, yeah. it was like, because you can have an opinion, and that's how she tried to backtrack and say, I'm allowed my opinion. Yep. But the way that she went about it, she, it was straight attack. To me, it sounded like, and this is the difficulty, this is the fucking shit thing about Twitter, you can't hear a person's tone, right? So, mm-hmm. but when I read it, bro, it sounded like attack. So, and the reason I bring that up is like, can can you explain that a little bit more? Because you kind of went into this big thing with her and back and forth. Do you want to just talk about a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, if, actually, if you guys would just like to pause this podcast right now and, and jump over to my Instagram, it's uh, Jeff Tattoo Artist, but that's the original, the actual spelling of Jeff, G-E-O-F-F. None of this J E F F. None of that like stuff. Like the peanut butter. None of that. <laughs> uh, so just Jeff Tattoo Artist on Instagram. My first highlight, the story highlight, is Twitter troll there. And that pretty much sets the tone of what this next uh, segment is. Um, so basically, so tattooing. Uh, the industry is saturated with artists now. So there is a lot of competition. Uh, competition in the, the different styles, uh, in the different areas. Uh, in terms of Samoan... Tongan, Polynesian, there is healthy competition. Uh, of course, we're, we're islanders. We all quietly or publicly talk shit about each other. Of course. We, we mock and we tease. That's in good fun, though, way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's, I'd say in terms of town artists and in and, and, and other areas, uh, there, there's there's always going to be drama um, where we like hairdressers and stuff. So <laughs> there, there's drama, but in terms of competition... Uh, I think we're we're good, 
So there's good competition, uh, very competitive. So bringing that back to this this particular lady. So on Twitter, I posted up a tattoo of of a, of a Tongan man who had the Tongan sila tattooed half on his face. So this the the sila actually starts in the, the the dip of the jaw where the jaw meets the neck and part of that sila ends up on his face the crown and, and maybe one of the the flags and on the day that i tattooed this fella i tried to actually talk him out of of getting a sila on his neck because it would end up on his face mm. so i can't convince him not to so i said look doctor I'll, I'll put this the stencil of the sila on your face and you can see it I do that with the intention of of showing him, man. Look, it's on your face. You don't yeah. want this. He 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 takes one look in the in in the mirror, and he sort of puffs out the chest and and the shoulders are oh, going. And he's no. like, he loves it. Doko, I fucking love it. Let's do it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that backfired. Let's go. That backfired. I was far like, out. Oh, I was like, yeah, yeah. This is, <laughs> yeah. I can. That's that's. Ma fana motu and oh yeah, I can I can I can already picture it. Eh? I can already picture this guy's like, oh fuck yeah, this is my shit. Straight this up, this is like, my shit. You you know how, Aikoi. <laughs> yeah yeah. So if you imagine his face was like a vehicle, this guy is the ten flag man. You know, oh I I did it. I worked with that that particular dip in his jaw. Um, absolutely warped the hell out of this the the circular shape of the sealer so i had to compensate for that by warping what was actually on skin to look semi uh not warped so i warped it so that it wouldn't be warped okay and i posted this on twitter and and just something to the effect of you know the tongans will understand or this is you know only a tongan would do this Especially yeah. without MMT hype and everything uh, like that. Was this during the the, no, the Ruby World Cup? This was no, just this some was guy that runs Tonga all day. Earlier this year. Earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. Pre-COVID. Pre, yeah, probably pre-COVID. Oh, I thought, man, for some reason, I thought it was like sometime last year. No, okay. No, that was the, yeah, this year. So that was just uh, a picture of a tattoo I did in 2019. And this tattoo mm. actually took place in Melbourne. I see. Uh, in, in good old friendly Frankston mm. in Melbourne. Uh, and I, I just posted it up and, and it went... Uh, semi-viral in in the poly Twitter scene, um, people absolutely taking the Mickey out of Tongans. Our oh, Tongans, you can take an L for this and Tonga that and and hey, I don't mind that. Like let's let's talk smack about Tongans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when our league team's the best in the world. <laughs> you know, try that shit. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's have a joke. Um, but then out of the blue, this this random lady uh, just just quotes my tweet and just says. Lines aren't straight. This is squiggly. The shading looks terrible. Blah blah blah, and and not in a constructive sort of way. In a straight, you know, you know, if we had to sort of summarize what she said, it's like I fucking hate this. This is fucking shit. This yeah. is basically what she said. Yep. And we are so PC nowadays uh, that to the extreme, you know, the customer is always right, or or, or Twitter is such a sensitive place, and. Oh. And I was just sitting, sitting there reading this, my blood boiling. And I thought, who the fuck is this lady? Who the fuck are you to tell me about my tattoo? You know nothing. You know nothing. And, and then I think that's one of the, the blessings of, of, of working where I work. My, my boss, he doesn't give a shit. Mm. Uh, I own my own words. Um, if anything happens, well, then... But you defend the onus, your own work, right? Yeah, the you onus is on work, me. Yeah. yeah, fuck it. I'm my own person. I'm not going to take shit from nobody. 
if if I can get away with it. Mm. And so I thought, fuck this lady, I've got time today. This was my day off. I was gonna be I was gonna be constructive with my time. I was gonna be productive. I, I was gonna do everything under the sun. I was gonna mow the lawns, paint the walls, everything. And I thought, fuck you. I'm <laughs> gonna sit here and I'm gonna reply to every single tweet you say. I'm gonna do the the little uh, online research. Uh, so I clicked on her page, um, found her Instagram because it was linked, looked at her Instagram, found out that she had some some pretty shit tattoos, um, and I, I shared those. Uh, we went back and forth. So initially, I just started off by insulting her and telling her, you know, you know, fuck all, um, fuck you. Got the insults out of the way and then went back to saying, well, look, 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 the reason why we're here is because you uh, decided to go about things this particular way. Mm. Um, so fuck you <laughs> and this is why we're here and and back and forth she tagged a lady in one of the tweets and was like look at this clown mm. turns out the lady that she tagged is a previous client at the studio who right. who i kept in touch with online and, and banter mm. back and forth and actually spoke on on more serious topics and we ended up chatting in the dms and she explained to me this lady's um situation or her relationship with that lady and she was saying this this girl's out of like out of uh out the gate out of, yeah, out of out of the gate out of her out of her lane mm. and she semi was able to mediate uh, a bit of a, a peace between us uh the lady didn't really acknowledge or accept that she had done anything wrong um i suppose that's probably the feeling of entitlement being on twitter and, and whatnot she can she can say what she wants and I thought, yeah, well, actually, fair enough. She's welcome to it, but then so am I. So fuck you, you can get the smoke, you know, you, yeah. can, you can get it. You ask for it, you're getting it. Yeah, and so by the time I, I, I'd taken it over to Instagram, I thought, holy heck, we're going to have some fun with this. So the, the, the face um, the, the face transition things um, had, had just started to take off. You could put your face on a wrestler and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yes, yes. And me summarizing the story, I was just like explaining it and having the time of my you life. You did the wrestling one, didn't you? Yeah, oh, yeah, I did yeah, the wrestling right. one. That's right. I did the wrestling one. I put the voice on and uh, had the captions going. Man, Twitter is such a fucking cesspool of... Like, listen, I, I, I love and hate Twitter at the same time. Yep. I love Twitter because when you get into a good conversation with a, with a group of strangers, it could be really productive and really cool, even if mm. it's opposing views. But then there will be always one or two or three people that, that are looking for it. Oh, yeah. They're looking for it. You yep. know, it's like yep. they're, they're professional uh, people who get offended. No, they get offended as, as a profession. Professional right? victims. Now, I've, I've had two... Like I've I've started Twitter once upon a time because I I love just reading stuff. I follow you know certain people because because it's it's interesting. I I like I like reading their shit. It's funny, mostly like like just funny tweets. You know, I, I just like laughing to myself like a fucking idiot. But every so often there'll be something I just can't help myself. I'll see something and I'll just I'll, I'll just comment. You know, nothing malicious. You know, more like asking questions. Mm. You know, it's like oh, what about this? What about this? You know, it's like uh, I think at the time there was like a big thing about transgender. I think when I was originally on Twitter. And, 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 you know, I wasn't saying anything controversial. It was someone who was a hermaphrodite. They had, you know, male and, and female, you know, sex organs. And yeah. it was just a discussion because it was she identified as a female and was a runner. Um, and she was being sort of, I think her middle, oh man. It's not the African. It was the African one. Is she one. the hermaphrodite? Is she, is she wow. I, th I, th I think it is. She was definitely African. And she, you know, she blitzed. Her entire yeah. thing, you know, and there was, you know, it was like it was an interesting article because someone had wrote an article about, you know, like 
we're now in this field like where would this person actually f- sit in because it's not like a person who identifies who's male and identifies female or vice versa it's a person who has both of the sex you know organs you mm. know I, I can't remember at the top of my head which one was well actually none of them are they go, usually they're they're i'm trying not to say the bad word it's not barren. It's not the fuck. That's not the fucking word I want to say. It's um, they they can't um reproduce. They can't reproduce. Thank you. You're more PC than me because I don't even know the PC words. Yeah, yeah. You know um, so it just turned into like I, I was curious. I was like, oh, so how how do we sort of would determine this? Because she identifies a female. She has all intents and purposes the characteristics of a female. She looks female. You mm. know, but she has high testosterone levels because of the male sex uh, organ that she has internally. So what does that mean? Where does she? Where would she sit? Would she have to go into the males? Well, does she? Because she can. She identifies this, you know. And it, it, you know, I was just asking a question. You know, it's like, oh, this, and then just got absolutely hammered, just wrecked from left, front, center. All these social justice warriors just coming at me with all these. Oh, you're just a bigot. It's like, no, I'm. I'm asking. A, I'm. I'm genuinely curious and and wanting to explore this more. Yeah, you know, because. Yeah. We're now in the stage where it's accepted, you know, and I think no one should be discriminated against for whatever reason that, you know, um, race, gender, whatever the fuck you want to put down there. I don't think anyone should be discriminated against, but we do fall into this weird category where it's like, you know, now we've got multiple genders. What, how, how do we sort of come to terms? And I'm talking purely sports, you know, I'm not talking about government. Yeah. I'm not talking about toilets, all these things. I'm talking just purely sports, right? So how do we sort of come to terms with someone like that? As opposed to a person who identifies as as being female, you know, and I uh, I grew up with a lot of people who were fairly D and and sort of you know more feminine than others, and I respect them wholeheartedly. You know, they go through a fucking hard time, really. They do, you know, they they do get discriminated against, they fucking get bullied. You know, the funniest thing is like you you sort of see some of them and you know they get bullied, but then people don't realize you know these guys are still actually pretty manly. They'll turn around and beat the fuck out of you. Yeah, you know, yeah. um. And so I, I I get that you know, but in terms of like purely sports, you know, looking at the sports view, like what category would we sort of um, put this in? Are we going to do away with all genders and just have like one massive sports thing? Are we going to have their own separate? I mean, these were questions because I was genuinely yeah. curious, right? Yeah. I think Joe Rogan talks about a lot about you know UFC fighters who transition into like had the whole sex change from being male to female and then jumping into the UFC female you know side and just absolutely fucking dominating people yeah. you know like is that fair i don't know yeah, you know, yeah i don't know i, I think i might uh, uh i might I'll, i'm going to put it out there i think we need to protect women in in women's sports uh i i know there might be people who absolutely triggered at that statement and 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 whatnot but we need to protect uh biological women uh first in in contact sports especially mm. uh in in things competitive mm. uh in in the situation uh with that lady now if it's the right lady that i'm thinking of um i would say if she fits the characteristics of a woman but she also has um like say a, a penis as well that then mm. remains flaccid or, or something along those yeah. lines. I think I think internally she had like um, testes. Oh, I, th- I think I think that's what happened. So on the outside she had physically she's female, but then the only difference is that she did have that. Mm. So her competitive edge was she had higher levels of testosterone. testosterone. Ah, okay, I think okay. so. So this is and 
fuck you guys who say that testosterone doesn't mean shit. Fuck you. Straight. It does mean something. All right. Yeah. There's a reason why men and women have different body builds naturally. You know, mm. it's because of that level. It may not be everything, but it's a fucking significant aspect that people need to sort of realize, you know. Yeah. But, but I digress. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that so that's the case. So but so then then it becomes where where would she go? Yeah. Would she be? Would, I mean, would she be okay with female? Obviously, other people don't think so because they feel like she's she's got an you know a competitive edge over people. Mm. But yet, that's natural. You know, it's not like she um, did any changes, go through surgery or anything of like that. Like some people do who go through transition. You know, because if you go from a man to a female, you're you've still been in a, a male body for. X amount of years, so the testosterone stuff has already worked and stuff. You have denser bone, you know, yeah, uh, your fast, bone density, bigger fibers, muscles, yeah, all of that all stuff. Yeah. And so, even with the, you know, the the hormone treatment therapy after the fact, you still have those benefits. You yep. know what I mean? And it's it's only regulated to a certain level. Yeah. So, so you have to have a certain level of testosterone to has compete. To be, I think the value system is like ten. Mm. So it has to whatever your testosterone levels it has to be under ten, but the average. A woman or competitive woman, mm. her testosterone levels sit at about three. Mm. So when the, um, the fellas who come and check these uh, athletes who mm. transitioned, and their levels are sitting at nine or eight, oh, they're they're well within the rules. Yeah, forget how buff and massive they are exactly. compared comparative to like their, and even the female um, competitors are complaining about it too. Yeah, because it's yeah. you know. And it comes down to this concept: Is it fair? Is it not fair? Discrimination, all that stuff. So, so it it's it's now this big. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what what's the answer and where to go through. If if we're if if I had to choose something now, fuck it. No no gender differences. We're all in one fucking camp. We all compete in the same fucking thing. Let's have at it. If that's equality, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that's equality. So if let's and do watch equality. Watch the men dominate. Well, the likelihood of it, look, look, there may be one or two significant females that may come through the ranks for sure, but a majority, majority, yeah, you, you, you know, and, and no one can, unless someone has some evidence, which I fucking doubt to say otherwise, you know, because there's a reason why we split at the beginning, mm -hmm. right? It's just fairness. We talk about fairness and you can't have fair and equality at the same time, you know? Yep. So it, it's, but I guess talking about her in particular, she falls in a different category again, mm, you know? Mm. So, so like, so the whole premise was I was talking to this person on Twitter and I was just commenting. I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I wonder, you know, what's her chromosomes and, you know, maybe how, how do we measure it? How do we yeah. measure female and male? Do we do chromosomes? Do we do sex mm. organs? Do we do this? What would, you know, and then don't come at me with this. Oh, there's no such thing as gender. What, are, what, what the fuck ever. Okay. Yep. There is, you know, so what, how do we, categorize this for sports right people can, we can get academic about society and all that other stuff you know for sure we can definitely do that but if we're talking about sports because sports is easy sports and you can measure it a lot more easier and you can definitely look at the outcomes a lot more quicker yep. right so yeah and i sort of had this conversation and then i just got absolutely absolutely hell, for no reason yeah. you know aside from yeah. just asking a question you know just saying like oh you're such a bigot why would you look for categories like that's sports. There's reasons why different weight classes fight in different weight classes, you know? Imagine a lightweight going against a heavyweight. Yeah, the lightweight may be quicker, but 99% of the time, that heavyweight is going to dominate, yeah. you know? So, 
yeah, so it became a big thing, and I and I went off Twitter for a bit because yeah. I I got over it. I got heated. I got heated. I was looking at it. I'm not gonna lie. It, it affected me a little bit too. I was like, yeah. fuck, damn. I wish I had a better comeback than that. Man, I wish I wrote mm. this. I wish I wrote that. And and it's so unhealthy. Was it around the time when you only had 143 characters? Or uh, it was to- last year. It was oh, last okay. year. So it was it was really recent. I'll, I've only recently been on Twitter. I've, I've look at people post Twitter postings, but I've never actually because of my hesitance to it. Like I like to argue mm-hmm. for for fun most of the time. Yep. But I, and I knew Twitter was one of those places where you, if you want to fucking argue, start a Twitter account and just oh, fucking yeah. go ham. You know, argue to your heart's content yep. with almost little to no consequence. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. And. Yeah, I, I, it just got a bit much. You know, some sometimes I got like a really good one over someone, and the other days, someone would get me really good with with something that I had, you know, wasn't prepared for, and you know, and it was like back and forth. And then I realized, fuck, all I'm doing is jumping on Twitter to argue. I'm not even enjoying people's t- tweets anymore. I'm just all I'm doing is replying. Yep. You know, so and then that is why I fucking love and hate Twitter at the same time because Twitter imagine. can be awesome, like in terms of like hearing. Like I, I, fo- I guess it comes down to who you follow as yep. well, right? Yep. So I, I try and follow like um, all you know, different people. Even with, a, I actually make an effort to follow people with opposing opinions than me, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of Pacifica thinkers and stuff like that. And man, it it definitely changed this time round. Doing Twitter this time round, mind you, I'm also doing it for the podcast. You know, it's been way more better. Nice, yeah. but nice. you look like the kind of like when I read that that tweet that you did with that lady, I was like, "Holy shit, this guy fucking went ham!" Yeah, like someone called the police. Someone just got murdered on Twitter. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you do you, do you enjoy the banter though? Do you enjoy going back and forth with people and just taking it to that level? To an extent, I I knew who I was contending with. Mm. Like if if there was some sort of gang member on Twitter dissing my tattoo, I'd. I'd I think we all will pick our choose, pick and choose course, our battles properly. But I, I, I think I started off with the idea that that this lady had no reason to to jump out of her lane and and call me out on something she knows nothing about. So uh, that particular day, maybe I had a bad morning or something. I I had all day for this particular woman, <laughs> and because she just wouldn't acknowledge uh, what I had said, and I, I, I believe I'm a good communicator. Uh, in simple terms and, and whatnot, she just wouldn't get it. And that was from a defense level that she had her guard up or she just couldn't uh, allow herself to to be schooled or something like that. Or maybe it, it goes a bit further uh, in terms of what might be going on internally. Oh, fuck her. Yeah. I just had, I had time for it. Yeah, well, because there's really no consequence to it. You can say, yeah. and I kind of enjoy that in the sense where I do believe people can say what they want, you know, just to, to, I wasn't, I was about to say to a certain degree, but I do think we all have an agreement that, you know, if we're talking about free speech, there is certain things you can't say. Yeah. There's certain things like you can't threaten someone. You can't use your free speech to threaten someone and stuff like that. You can't sort of, you know, think of the, what the Americans use, you know, you can't call for violence. You can't sort of use your free speech to get people to go and attack someone. You know, you can't, you, you you can't use your speech to discriminate against other people. I mean, that's up for debate and, and you Absolutely. know, in terms of the conception of it, you know. But a majority of things, I, I believe, you know, whether you agree with it or not, you know, you, you should be able to say what you think and what you feel, mm. you know. Um, and Twitter gives you that, that environment, yep. you know. That, that Twitter creates that environment, but at the same time, 
if you're going to say stuff, and I learned that as well, if you're going to post something, you, you know, is it what you believe? Is, is that something you're going to stand by and is that something you're going to argue? Or is it just like, oh, this sounds cool at the time. I'm going to yeah. say something like this. And yeah, man, I, I just, I'm, I'm wary of Twitter always. It's, it's the saddest place. It's it's the saddest app in in my app drawer. Um, I, I go on there. I mean, I subscribe mostly to Poly Twitter. Mm. Um, the Islanders here in New Zealand and some of the ones that over in America, some in Australia. Mm. And everyone's always bitching and moaning about something. Everyone's always complaining. Everyone's a victim of of anything and everything. And yeah. probably there, there's only there's only one name on on Poly Twitter here in New Zealand. Uh, that someone, or, you know, this this person person backs what they say. So they they have an opinion, and I know people absolutely love him for it on Twitter. His name's Christian, Christian Maliator Brown. Yes, I know the name. I think I follow him too. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's the most articulate too, man. The way that he writes writes it all out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think he's the most beloved, and I say that with absolute sarcasm. <laughs> uh, the most beloved person on on Twitter. <laughs> Um, in the poly world at the moment. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But he he has strong opinions, and and he lives these opinions, and he he breathes it, and he backs himself. And if someone comes for him and and they're offended, he doesn't give a shit. Like that's his words. If you don't like it, stay stay in your lane. You don't have to read it. Exactly. That's the thing, right? And but people, like I said, I think on Twitter, there's a lot of people who love to be victimized yep. they love to be play that victim role f for whatever psychological reason you know who who knows who knows why there's so many people who get offended at the smallest things mm. what twitter what i don't like about twitter is that you can't actually have a proper conversation with someone i think people are always ready to attack always ready to attack on yep. twitter even like i don't like arguments like i love having a banter you know when i said arguments early probably argument is not the right word i like banter Banter yeah. is fun. You know, I can go back and forth with someone, even if it's like pretty out out of their shit, you know? I, I love the banter. It's 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 really I think it's healthy to have mm. banter. You can't have that really on Twitter. Unless it's someone you know really well outside of Twitter. But like I feel like everyone's always on on defense mode, you know. You say something I don't agree with, fuck you and then yeah. there's like this, you know, one hundred you know, tweet thread going on and you don't know what the fuck's just happened. You just ask the question. Yep. You know? Um and then things get retweeted and people uh, have opinions. And then wildfire starts. Fucking hell. <laughs> Man, lucky I haven't gone to that point yet. And I, hopefully I don't. I don't think I, I... It just gets too frustrating for me. I'm not mm. I'm not articulate with writing. You know, I, I can talk. Talking is sort of my thing. You know, that's yeah, that's what yeah. I can do. But writing, yeah, you're having to write things. Especially a tweet. You know, it's like fucking yep. there with my fucking thumbs. Trying that was, to that was me the other night. So I saw... Uh, so we'll... At this point in time, we've we've just exited level three lockdown here in in New Zealand. Mm. Um, what are we? We're in September, mid to late September. Yeah. And twenty second, I think. Yeah. Twenty third. Twenty third. Yeah. And so, uh, last night or the night before, I saw uh, a guy's tweet that had been retweeted, and he's basically saying, "Cool, with with these uh, numbers being lifted to a hundred, uh, let's assemble." Words that are words to that effect. Mm. Uh, now we can have a hundred people uh, wait outside this evangelical church, and and give them a hiding. Uh, this particular evangelical church that was uh, 
the place of, of worship for some people during the lockdown where mm. a case was found and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to cancel him for his words, but I, I retweeted his thing and I basically said in the kindest way, like, hey, I hope you have that same energy in person if you get, you know, checked face to face. Like, if you're going to say something like that on oh, that level, oh, if you're going to oh, assemble the Avengers to give oh, these guys a hiding... Oh, you better be sure that you're ready for a fucking fight, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I pretty mean, cause much. That's, cause that, to me, that is... See, that, that to me, that's not... It, yes, you're entitled to that opinion, but then you see how he sort of used that as a way to call... It's like a call for action, like he's yep. wanting to hurt other people. Yep. That's not really free speech. That's someone just being a dick. But at the same time, he's written it regardless, yeah. right? So you're going to own it. You've yep. got to own it. You've, it's something like that. You've got to own it. Exactly. And I, I checked the retweets. And a lot of the the retweets were supportive. A laughing face emoji. People saying, yeah, and this is a mood and stuff like that. And... So I took a screenshot of that and my my retweet, my response. I put that on my Instagram mm. just to sort of put it out there to my demographic. Like, hey, this this stuff's happening. Well, that today or uh, yesterday? That would have been the other night. Oh, I and so basically, it. I said, you know, um, calling out our churches um, mm. because of this COVID shit is is unacceptable. Mm. And I, I had I had a whole lot to say. I was basically. I was going to tell this guy name a time and place. Mm. I don't even attend this church. Yeah, um, I haven't been to church. But the in a disrespect, while. though. Yeah, but you, you come for you come for these guys, and mm. I'm going to run you over. I'm going to run some people over. There are going to be people going to to hospital, and I promise you, it won't be the church. I had all these. Th- oh man, yeah, you're it, fired it, up, man. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Who the hell do these people think they are yeah. to uh, s- sort of play with the words like that and play on the emotions and anyone who is attending that church who would have seen that tweet mm-hmm. thinking, my goodness, this is the, uh, maybe I can't attend my place of worship because, um, because sh- shit happened. And, mm-hmm. and, and this guy's insinuating that, Hey, we can have a group of a hundred people waiting for us to give us a hiding. I'd love to see that happen. I promise you that there'll be, uh, I don't think he knows what's actually going to happen. If that, if he tried to, if that eventuated mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. you know, like who do you think goes to these churches, man? far out yeah you know it's not like just you know children (laughs) you know what i mean i guess that kind of goes back to like a point of mind where like i don't think it's okay people can say stuff like that you know Mm. yes you know and it kind of it's a bit counterintuitive because i do you know i did say earlier he's entitled to his opinion but that call to action is is to me not free speech again like i, I say that again so th- the funny thing is this is the thing about twitter he probably didn't nothing happened i'm sure someone reported it you know stuff like mm-hmm. that like that's some that's some serious allegations you know trying to organize people to beat up a bunch of people go to church yeah you yeah. know I, I don't think anyone but i don't think anyone took it down you know that that's the that's a weird fucking thing about about twitter you know it's like you can see things that's clearly this is not free speech this is definitely something that's quite negative and could yeah. cause a lot of harm in in real in real life, you know, because you were prepared to go and fucking meet him and who knows what'll fucking happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that kind of the stuff makes it really weird for me in, on Twitter because you hear certain, uh, certain things that they could take it down. It's like, oh, that wasn't too bad. I don't yeah. understand that. And yet you have a dude here saying stuff like this and you're like that, but that's okay. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like, like I was, I was watching, there's, there's like a really old podcast. I think it was last year, maybe. Of Joe Rogan, and he sort of had a guy who, who I follow. He's, he's a liberal, 
uh, Tim Cast. Do you know who? I that like is? Tim Cast. Tim Cast. I, I I listened to that entire. Uh, yeah, so, so you know that podcast I'm talking about where he I had the, the they one. had the the guy from Twitter come through and then he had his lawyer as well sitting there. Oh no, no, actually this might have been another. Okay, one. so this is so I think this was um, he invited Tim over because he was having Jack Dorsey, who's the guy who actually owns Twitter or created True. Twitter. Okay, and he brought a lawyer. Yep. And for the podcast, you know? yeah, and so they're arguing. And Tim Cast is he's not right wing at all. This guy's you know liberal, mm. like he identifies as being a liberal. But he's arguing. You know, he started arguing that Twitter has this thing about only picking one sort of one side. You know, they pick you know left leaning sort of policies and left leaning sort of language, and the people on the right are sort of being purged. You know, conservatives stuff are being yeah being purged and shadow banned from from Twitter. And, and he's just asking all these interesting questions. And this is a guy who is not conservative at all. Mm. You know, and he sort of. And he's sort of asking all these questions and they couldn't answer the questions. So it made me think, that's interesting, you know, that because their thing is we are neutral. You know, they're trying to say that we're neutral. You know, we, we don't favor each side. But the evidence that Tim sort of pointed out, it was like, well, this would say otherwise, you know. Yep. So the social media stuff, I'm always I'm always wary, mm. always wary about, as most people should. Yep. You know, have you seen the documentary on, on uh, Netflix about the social media? Oh, what the fuck is it called? It's it's a pretty good one, and I'll quickly find it because I am close to being really stupid with my memory. But it's a it's a documentary, and I would highly encourage other people. Um, a psychologist friend of mine from work sent it to me, and said, "Have a have a look at this." Um, I don't know. We talk about really weird shit sometimes. Mm, mm. Um, oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's 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 something to do with with social media and how it's. The way that it's run, it's keeping us attached to the screen. True. So their job is it a recent? It's one? recent. So it's on the top ten of yes. um, New Zealand yes. movies. New Zealand's movies for um. I think it's number two. Yeah, it is good. Like I, I would look at it and be like, "Holy shit!" That and and I kind of knew this already. Like anyone with a fucking brain would know that you know, obviously, social media isn't the isn't really you know isn't yeah. really working for you. You're working for them you yep. know and they they use the phrase that makes so much sense if you're not paying for something you're the product mm, you know true because social media is free yep. all intents and purposes but yet you know they're, they're collecting data they're doing all these things and the aim is I, I don't i don't know if they use the word malicious but maybe unethical i think the unethical thing is, is more of the more of a correct term but they use it use all your data and stuff like that and they use it to because the longer you're on the screen, the more money they can make. Because if you think about ads and revenue and things, the, exposure. the only way that they can do it is by having you stay on the screen. Yeah. And I think more about like you know kids, and you see kids running around like like seven, eight year olds with iPhones and things. I'm like, what the, f- yeah, the hell? Yeah. They have Facebook accounts. They've got, uh, what's the one I'm, I'm starting? I'm I'm hating on so much right now. The one that uh Trump's trying to ban TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down with that shit. Yeah, you know, with all the the children, all the children there, and and you know, there's been so many articles that's come out about how pedophiles use that as a way to sort of connect with children and yes. see their dances and stuff like that, and I was like, and that's just swept under the rug, you know. It's like maybe made news maybe for one day, mm. you know, and then it's, it's gone. But the the social media thing, man, why the fuck can't I think about it? I'm so sorry. I wish I could fucking find it. If I had uh, someone like Jamie, <laughs> Joe Rogan's Jamie here to 
uh, to come and do it, I would I would enjoy like it. A, how would you call it? Like a producer in the background? Like a producer, man. Hey, get us a coffee. Or, yeah. You know, something like yeah, look that. this up. Look this up real quick, you know? Yep. Stuff like that. But, um, no, anyways, anyways. So it, it's a pretty insightful look at how social media is actually controlling our usage, you know, because it had people from tech, you know, CEOs here or ex-CEOs and ex-team leaders and stuff like that. Number, yes, the social dilemma. Mm. That's it. That's it. The social dilemma. Really good. And really quick. Like it was like, like my attention span for documentaries, unless it's really, really good, you know, um, it's quite short. But this one was short enough and detailed enough where I was like, I came away thinking, man, I should delete our Facebook right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's, it's true. You know, it is true. They are controlling us through, they're controlling what we do to a certain degree through social media, what we buy, what we, th- you know, to a certain degree, what we think or what we may want, yep. you know, so. We're conditioned. Yeah, in, in, in a way, because with AI sort of being a more mainstream thing and, and becoming more integrated into our life, part of AI, like. Uh, Thinking like, intelligence or autonomous. Artificial. Artificial, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where like the concept is, is, Technology was always created to make our lives better. Mm. You know, if you look at when nuclear energy first came through, it's like, man, you know, unlimited clean energy. But yet the downside of it is everyone, you know, if you watch Chernobyl, it's not a not a nice fucking thing to have have on board. Yeah. So with with AI, it's sort of what it's supposed to do. And, and from what my understanding is, it's it's supposed to be predictive, right? They look at a couple of actions that you do on a day-to-day basis. And from there, it'll predict or sort of make suggestions of what things that it thinks you may want but it's gone to a point where it's kind of suggesting things that you may not have thought about or or wanted but they want to push to you so you think and this is like the weird mindfuck sort of thing where it's like maybe you're good bro you're good you know where you think oh i made this decision but really you know social media and the advertisements and those big companies have a big part to play in that you know like oh man why do i feel like buying new shoes today maybe because i saw a pair of fucking shoes on an ad while i was i'm scrolling through facebook and it's that subconscious sort of thing and then what about like we might be talking about um coffee or and it shows up in your feed the next thing i see is is shoes oh for sure you for sure i mean that that the thing is that that's easy to explain because cookies and sort of they take like if you research like it's so obvious if you go on like your phone and then you're sort of googling like um shoes like you go to culture kings and you're looking at new shoes mm-hmm. and stuff like that a particular shoe and you look at it and you look at another variant of it you go to facebook there's going to be an ad there's going to be you go to youtube you know there'll be an ad about you know buying shoes and stuff like that so that's easy to sort of explain because that's just taking information that you're looking at and that's kind of what the ideal um part of ai is supposed to be like you already want this and you've been looking at it and ai is supposed to give you the options like here it is here's what you can probably you can go to this store this store that store that store you know or here's another variant of the shoe that you're looking for right so that's what i I guess what what would be the ideal where it's sort of started from what you want Mm -hmm. but it's sort of according to the the documentary it's sort of flipped Right, it's sort of flipped to like they're kind of telling you what you want yeah. in a way. And would you go as far as saying that they're like they're almost listening, like uh, where people I, are I wouldn't be about, surprised. I mean, um, talking about certain things, and then all of a sudden, like maybe I haven't searched on culture kings, but we're speaking about shoes right now. Mm. And if I was to jump on Facebook, and then all of a sudden I start seeing like shoes and and, yep. and stuff like that. So the the great thing about podcasts is like you can almost find any uh, topic about this. So Joe Rogan again. 
damn best podcaster out there in the world mm. he had edward snowden on on one of his oh, podcasts okay and he talked about yeah people can access they're not listening all the time yeah but the way that he explained it is like if they wanted to they could they could access you for whatever cellular stuff and 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 access your camera access you know access your blue your, your your speaker you know not necessarily your camera you know and and that and you know and with edward snowden like he's a guy that obviously was a whistleblower he got all these documents and you know thought nah this is fucked this is ruined you know this is going to be harmful to the american people and then he sort of gave that out and then that got you know that's why he's sort of <laughs> living outside of america you know yeah. bunkered down somewhere um but but there's something to say about technology and 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 not to be like a conspiracy theorist but it it makes sense to me that government like why wouldn't a government utilize certain technologies like this to sort of you know spy on people and spy on things the gcsb well yeah i mean like you can look at it like i i do genuinely believe a lot of the times these things come from a good place mm. like if you think about terrorism and stuff like that like how difficult is it is it to sort of find a terrorist like i, I remember the days of osama bin laden where they were like he's hiding in a in a cave somewhere and we can't really find him and yet you know they use like cellular devices and phones to finally track him down at at this place you know so it, it, you know i think all those technologies have always been with the aim of doing good but i think certain people have ulterior motives and will use certain things for their own advantage mm -hmm. you know and that's to me that's that's human nature like i think there'll always be a person who will exploit certain things for personal gain yep. you know what i mean um so it's stuff like that you know yeah, so yeah. I, I mean it, it to me is it, it it makes sense of course it makes sense technology will be forever evolving unless a meteor crashes and we're all fucked and we're dead but you know it'll continue evolving and i don't know what that'll look like in the future you know maybe we'll have like the star trekky you know out there in the world where we you know technology like we've become you know there's no wars or anything like that we're all for like human advancement blah blah blah, mm. blah like through technology or we can have the terminator where we have skynet fucking us up and and we're all hiding Talking and running about skynet yeah um <laughs> I was I was listening to some TikTok or something like that, mm. and take it with a grain of salt. But there was a, a an AI uh, company who developed something, uh, a system that the U.S. military wanted, and mm. so they tested this AI with the the best or, or one of the uh, pilots uh, in a simulation, and they had them do a dogfight, you know, with the aircrafts in the air, and the AI won every single time. The American or the military were quite happy with that. This is awesome. Um, mm. Let's 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 do this. Let's get it. But the AI company were rather shocked and worried. And sort of their take on things was, hey, no, we need to be careful because we don't want the AI to take over. We don't want it to be um, too strong because yeah. what happens when this gets taken? Self-aware. Like I think that's that's the biggest thing, the biggest concern in like the tech industry is like if you know where the ai understands that it's an ai it becomes more than a program mm. so that's a concern and i guess that's what that i mean if you're making it smarter and smarter and making it learn you know kind of you know that may what eventuate now that may be a good or bad thing you know who knows um it, it could be that we create you know a, a new form of life you know, which is androids, and you know, you know, if you look at any dystopian movie with androids, it Sex always robots. Oh, uh, that's already here, my friend. You know, <laughs> it's already here. You just pop over to Japan. You can have your pick. You know, True. if you're in love with octopuses, you can grab an octopus. Yeah, Japan are into some 
freaky shit, man. Freaky shit. You know, but you know, the thing is I don't think the you know, the, the in terms of what people believe when you have in the future, like it that's still out. Like there's no definitive, you know, um agreement that AI is gonna turn bad and, and, and sort of, you know, undo humanity. Mm-hmm. You know? But but who knows? You know, even Elon Musk is a guy who works deep into the deep into technology and AI and stuff like that, you know? And he's wary. You know, he says he said many times that he's he's wary, you know, that this may occur. Um and who knows, man? You know, I'm yeah. I'm hopeful, you know, yeah. because I, I love tech, you know, I love seeing new stuff and new programs and you know, and the intricacy of of how things have evolved from back in the nineties all the way to like now we're in twenty twenty, you know, like almost thirty years later. And and the massive leaps that we've had. Like we, we don't have flying cars yet, which is unfortunate, but yeah. you know, but we're sort of in an age where things are I mean, tech has made life so much better for a lot of people. It's lifted a lot of people out of poverty. It's made us more efficient in what we do. It's made us, you know, more creative. You know, just look at, you know, how artists use, like, big tablets now to sort of maybe create things that maybe would have been difficult on on a, on a sheet of paper. Pretty much half my job now is spent on an iPad. Yeah. So, you know, there is, like, in saying technology, and I don't want to be like, like, ooh, beware of technology. I think we should be wary of everything. You know, we should always, you know, like question, is this good for us? Is this bad for us? But I think we should, should always we question. I think we should always question everything, you know, e- everything. I, I don't think it's like certain things like you can sort of have a, a healthy discussion about, you know, um, but certain things I think, you know, this is with all the evidence that's presented, this is highly likely is, is the truth. So I work in, in a mental health field like like the theory of mental health is still a very conceptualized sort of understanding of how we develop like you can look at brain scans and that's still not definitive on how people develop you know schizophrenia and mental health and stuff like that there's many avenues on how you develop mental health you can be born with it or you can smoke a lot of drugs and and get high and eventually like you sort of ruin your brain you can have a head injury and that could sort of lead Mm -hmm. you down the same pathway so there's still like certain like but what we do understand is that a certain chemical or physical damage happens to your brain which causes you to do this so we understand that you know but if you think about it in a spiritual cultural way you know then it becomes a little bit different you know because our ancestors spoke to the dead and and heard voices schizophrenia is nothing new it's just a european term it's like a western medicine medical Mm -hmm. model term that we use but but people have been hearing voices for years you know so yeah i guess and and you know i kind of sit down sometimes and i think you know is that an explanation that i can sit with yeah pretty much but is there a possible another explanation i was like yeah possibly but at the moment this is what i see and this is all the evidence and research and stuff that's been done i can sit with this you know but we also can't be rigid you know we can't be rigid and be like i have invested ninety nine thousand percent of my life into this I'm going to live and die with this, you know, because mm. then you become a person that's not willing to sort of have a conversation and sort of reach out to other people and say and, and accept different opinions. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I used to be that person, you know, like I used to have very rigid ideas about certain things and experience and life and talking to other people has sort of changed that to now where I'm like, I, I have core beliefs like everyone, but a lot of the things I believe I'm happy to have a conversation about. You know, people can talk to me. And I'm also always open to the idea that maybe certain things, um, 
maybe not wrong, but maybe it's not everything. Maybe I've got half truths here and half truths here, and I'm sort of running as if it's true, right? Mm. And for me, one of the things is I try not to take my own opinion as truth. You know, I have opinion about something, but is that true? You know, like someone saying something ridiculous, like people who aren't LeBron James friends will be like, well, you know, LeBron is fucking shit. That's an opinion. Like, look at his <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. get. Look the at his stats. work ethic, bro. Look yeah. at the stats. That sort of is fuck. You you're nowhere near. But because that's an opinion, people love to take that as truth, right? So it, it's it's always so. Yeah, technology is going to be. It's going to be an interesting. Thank you. Is going to be an interesting future to come, and I'm hopeful. You know, I've seen a lot of good stuff. I've seen a lot of good stuff happen, you know, in the Silicon Valley. When I go there, sometimes I see all these things. But at the same time, there's obviously a lot of bad shit happening in the background that needs to be addressed. Yeah. For sure. You know, it's one, you know, it's like anything. When a company grows too big, it, it just envelops everything and there's no competition or nothing. They just become this big entity. Google is a good example of that. Right? Yeah. Where's all the other search engines that came before? Bing, all these other fucking shit ones yeah, that are barely Yahoo, surviving. Yahoo, yeah, man. Not a lot of kids will know what Yahoo is, man. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or Bing or all MSN. these other things. MSN. You're bringing me back some traumatic memories, bro. <laughs> MSN. The MSN. Random chat. chats with people. Oh, you know, you don't yeah, even yeah. know. You like. Remember, like, remember, uh, was it Bebo or or when Facebook first came out, and people would put up their MSN username, and then you can just yeah, add people and just there. random chats with. Oh man, those were the days, eh? Yeah, those were the <laughs> those were the days. So we kind of come to us to a stage where I'm like, I'm, I'm curious about how things have been going with with the tattooing business stuff during lockdown. We've had two major lockdowns, obviously the lower four, which was quite a major major thing you know never mm-hmm. happened before in the country very rarely does it happen in you know countries like new zealand where we'd put everything to a halt yep. how, how did that sort of affect you and your tattooing and also your clients that had been booked maybe even months in advance ah uh, damn it was a pain in the ass yeah absolute <laughs> pain in the ass and uh the mental health took a bit of a dip mm. uh, i'm not someone who sits still I'm not someone who likes being told to sit still and I'm not someone who likes being told what to do, especially if I don't believe in it or the authenticity of it. And I don't, I don't subscribe to the hype of, mm. of COVID. Uh, I'm undecided. There's so many angles for questioning and conspiracies about it, but I can remember being told that we're going into level four lockdown. I can remember being uh there on the first day taking the, the mickey out of wearing a mask you know putting a flannel together and and here's a mask and the novelty of it wore off after lunch and mm. i'm sitting there and i'm thinking what the hell am Shit. i doing we're going into lockdown we are we are here mm. and i can't go to the gym uh, i can't go out without feeling like i am potentially the scum of the earth or or anything like that I also had to wait two weeks for my subsidy to come through, fuck, which was stressful mm. because a lot of my value or my, uh, how would you say, the way I see myself, I'm a provider. Yeah, you're for, the breadwinner. Yeah. One of, one of. One of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in our particular household. Yeah. Um, and to have that stripped away from me and, and, and have these, these bills also potentially pile up um was it was a pretty big kick in the guts which eventually became a kick in the ass that i needed 
uh, bouncing back from that, uh, I worked hard at the studio and I put a, a little bit of savings together. I was able to clear some of my debt with the subsidy that came through, nice. um, just so that I wouldn't have to deal with APs and, and everything like that. And this most recent lockdown, I wasn't as uh, stressed internally, very cynical. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to sort of talk about that. I don't, the, the, I, what I did with the, the most recent lockdown was uh, I, I talked my shit. I, I, I put everything that I wanted to say up on social media and my Instagram. Yep. And then I just stayed quiet because things were rather volatile. Things were unhealthy. Well, I, I didn't feel like it was a real healthy space to uh, keep myself in and be mm. defensive and, and argue and um, Facebook and, and Twitter. And mm. I just said my piece. People agreed with it. It resonated with some. Other people uh, didn't agree with it. And I actually had a conversation with one of those people in particular. And I acknowledged that something I said, uh, I didn't think about that. Or there was a new thought um, yeah. that this person shared with me. And I acknowledged that. Uh, and then I just stayed quiet for the rest of the lockdown. I thought, oh, I need this this time out. It was the second lockdown. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, fuck it. We're, we're here now. And, and and part of why I've asked you on is because you do hold a different view to a majority of New Zealand at the moment in terms of the lockdown and sort of, you know, the COVID stuff. Um, I haven't sat across anyone or had a proper conversation with someone who sort of holds, you know, an alter alternative view. I don't know. What do you call it? You know, I mean, people say it's a conspiracy theory. What, what would you call it? Critical thinking. Critical thinking. Uh, I, th I think I didn't mind it being called conspiracy theories before. Uh, mm. But with the amount of negative connotations sort of uh, applied to it now, mm. um, fuck it. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to, um, I want to own it, but then I don't. I, I want, I want people to. In, engage you mean with the word the, conspiracy theory yeah yeah mm. just I, I don't want to be called a conspiracy theorist if it means that someone shuts themselves off from having a conversation with me to begin with mm. uh i i don't believe in the authenticity of of this this covid uh coronavirus thing i don't believe that the intentions of this particular government uh had the public's best interest in mind I don't believe they've kept up with the updated research that's that's come out since the the first lockdown and acted according to that research. Um, what do you mean by by um, the authenticity of the, of COVID? What, what what do you mean by that? So, this, if if you think of COVID, it's it's supposed to be this virus that will destroy your lungs and it's the the deadliest thing on the planet right now uh, i think that that's an absolute stretch so remember when when uh wuhan uh was was all on our screens and we had people dropping dead in the streets mm. wearing their masks and and everything like that and we were sold this absolute nonsense that it just happened to developed from bat soup and mm. well you know I'm, I'm playing with the words a little bit but but from that food market yeah well, um, i think it's the the wet market i think is what they the call wet it market, yeah. yeah which was yeah. down the road from the the laboratory, laboratory apparently, of, where, this, of apparently where this happened yeah yeah, yeah. where it was uh, cultivated or, or something like that yeah. yeah yep and this mutation which uh some people or some experts will say usually would take 
up to 10 years to to really uh, develop into something so significant that that mm. the the world authorities <clears throat> jump on and say hey we need to do something mm. about this it managed to happen within the space of two to three years the difficulty with that is that we still don't really know or understand the origin of it really i mean if we talk about i mean th- when it first came out, yeah, I saw those videos too, people falling down and, you know, it's like a really overly dramatic sort of presentation. It's like, it looks staged to me, you know, but then I put it into context and think, you know, it's China. A lot of the things that China puts out only gets, you know, approved by, by their government or, or who runs it. So mm. they're not unfamiliar with propaganda. They're not unfamiliar with putting out bullshit to sort of suit what they what they what they want people to understand you know Mm. me personally i I do believe the virus is something that could have been an accident could have right because the the idea is like the theory is right is that apparently some guy like there's two theories one is it was released intentionally Mm. you know by some dude and i don't know if they use the word terrorism or or some some shit like that bioterrorism you know um the reason for that, I it escapes me. The reason why he would have released it. The other thing was is that it escaped and you know it turned into well, or maybe the origin of the virus was through a bat or some sort of animal. Then at the wet markets, someone the you made it animals, the bacteria. Yeah, and, you and they, created they created together. this weird thing. Now the thing with viruses is they they can be very complex, but they are they have one goal in mind is to multiply and to infect you know each host. Um, it, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's still unconfirmed. You know, like you know, like the different strains and all these other things about you know. The, the issue is like I don't think we've actually come to terms or found out where this started and came mm-hmm. from, which puts a lot of things up for debate. You know, is it a bioterrorist attack? Is it you know a, a freak accident? Is it just people eating? I mean, Tongans eat bats too, so I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. You know, so probably a different kind of bet so it kind of like i think if we were able to identify where it originally started and we may not ever know you know because of like i said earlier the the restrictions china have on social media and you know you heard of the great wall of the great firewall of china yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like they basically control everything that comes into china like everything you think from news and stuff like that you're hearing it from a chinese you know source so and having trying to get reporters in there and things to sort of you know report and try and find the origin of these things you know that's kind of gone dead now like no one talks about oh have we found out you know where the original source from or the original carrier we no one's mm. as far as i know yeah no one's actually brought that up so it kind of leaves it up for interpretation which is not a good thing yeah you know because a lot of the times people people I'm going to use the word conspiracy theory, but uh, people love to create conspiracy theories in events like this, right? Because I look at it like this way, like, and I'm not trying to sort of minimalize anything that, Mm. you know, that other people believe and stuff like that. But I think when people come up against something like this, where it's out of our control and it feels like, well, people did feel like the world was ending, right? People felt Mm. like the world was ending and things like that. People will try and come up with explanations of a certain topic to try and get some semblance of control, yeah. which makes complete sense to me, right? I mean, like, if you can't explain this thing, you'll try and sort of use this and that and, and put different things together. And it kind of formulates something that kind of makes some some sense, you know? Yeah. So 
I think if for one, if we were to able, if we fuck, forget how to speak English sometimes, you know, <laughs> if we were able to find the origin of where it came from, and maybe we have, and and I just haven't been up to date about it. I think that would sort of help with where things are going now, because maybe you can tell me where you stand on sort of because we can talk about New Zealand in particular like yeah. we can have you know long discussions about China but like really what do we really know what's happening in China not a lot but here in New Zealand there's obviously a growing group of people that you know um believe that it's like I'm just I'm going to use a word conspiracy theory but they well actually no they sort of have alternative views to what everyone else believes yeah. you know um because that's what it is um, where, where do you sort of sit with that? Because I sort of look at different things, and um, I don't know whether you saw whether you watched Tangata Pacifica at all. But like, there was a little snippet where they did with um, um, the old host at New FM, where he Mons, Mons, yeah, yeah, I like yeah, Mons. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, so they did a little snippet of him, and then he was just explaining like how he's gotten to the opinion that he's got. So where do you sort of sit on that spectrum? Because there's like one spectrum of people where they're sort of like, no, 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 this is the virus, and they sort of you know they're going with what's presented for them from from the news sources and all that stuff and then you have another group like well, we're, like I, I would say uh, i kind of don't want to misrepresent mons's um views but but i would say he sits on more the opposite side of that spectrum i think would be a fair enough yeah. you know fair enough um description you know where, where do you find yourself in that uh, i definitely see myself on the side with mons mm. uh i definitely believe that the real conspiracy here is that we have a media outlet that tells us the truth, a non-biased truth. I believe that the the real conspiracy here is is that um, we have, you know, a government that purely has our best intention um, in mind. Mm. Um, that they do or don't. That they don't. Okay. I'll, don't. I'll, so that sorry, that it was a pretty epic way. This the that it's it's usually said is like the real conspiracy is 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 that you have like a uh, a medical industry that has your best health in mind you know keeping in mind that they make billions off of things like chemo and and medicine and stuff like that that you have a a, a media uh, corporation or outlet that that are telling you an unbiased truth uh, the things like that that's the real conspiracy so for me i would definitely side more with uh, someone like Mons who 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 questions the narrative that we are told to believe mm. uh, from from the media, from social media, uh, from people in in government. Mm. I would say that I think there are valid points, there are truths in in everything. I would sit definitely on on that side of the spectrum. However, I'm able to communicate things a little bit more from the middle and right. i'm open to hearing what people have to say mm. as well i'm not someone who uh, will jump on this opportunity to tell you that 5g and uh, shape-shifting reptilians <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. stuff like that I, I i do believe i mean 5g is, is its own conversation mm. i do believe that there are concerns with yeah. and with we'll that. get it we'll definitely get into that for sure uh, but that's but that's a good point because a lot of the people that i've see post up stuff and and things they don't, and from both sides, obviously, mm -hmm. they don't want to have that dialogue with people, you know. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad that you're here today because I sit on the side where I, I sit on the other side of the spectrum, you know, mm -hmm. with all the stuff that I've seen. And I like to think of myself as as a guy that's skeptical of a lot of things. I can't deny 
what I've what I'm seeing. Yeah. yeah. So so there's that, and obviously on the other side, people will probably have the exact same experience. They can't deny what they're seeing, which yep. has shaped their experience. Um, but but I agree with you on on this part at least. I don't <laughs> for people who think that our media is is non biased and you know mm. is you're, you're living under a rock, man. You know, I mean, there's 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 a reason why there's multiple different fucking media outlets because they're trying to sort of give you the illusion that they're non-biased you know the only thing non-biased that they do is maybe the weather and sports but yeah. even then we're biased to the old blacks anyway so yeah. so the media stuff i always take that with a pinch of salt because um like most things and i can relate this from the work that i do is that um chaos sells yeah mm. absolute mayhem sells news articles no one's going to read a fluff piece about you know um a little puppy dog you know, of happy well, times. Of happy times. Yeah. Because because we're kind of and, and I don't know whether that's a societal change or whether that's something that's happened, you know, slowly, but we tend to sort of be more interested in the death and more interested in chaos and stuff like that. Um more. Yep. You know? And of course, at the end of the day, media are trying to get clicks, they're trying to get people, they're just like another corporation, regardless of who's funding them, you know? Mm. Um you have to be aware that these guys are trying to get clicks. So, yep, there may be some truths in there, you know, and, and you know, I can't throw a percentage on it, you know, yep. what, what kind of percent of truth that they're telling you and, and what they're reporting on. Certain things you can take, like, yeah, no, that's, that's you know, that's that's probably something that is believable, you know. Mm. But certain things you kind of think, you know, there, there's always an angle to something, you know, and especially when it comes to politics and sort of things like that, big world events, um, you do have to remember that certain certain um, radio stations, certain TV shows, they do lean a certain way. They do lean either left or they lean right. You Absolutely. know, we're just not as polarized as as America, where we have Fox News and CNN on on complete sides of the spectrum, yeah. right? So it's it's it will be a lot more difficult for us to sort of identify what is what. Like you obviously know when you if you listen to radio and listen to talkback, you you know Mike Hoskins is a national right-leaning dude easy yeah, yeah. because that's that's the spectrum right and then you have another radio host um that i don't listen to who's more likely left-leaning because i i just think mike hosking is ridiculously entertaining to listen to yeah you know um and i know this is nothing new right people mm. know that there's been biases for a long long time but it's like it's almost like it's being more and more clever on how to hide it you know and yeah. if people aren't paying attention um, of course, you're just gonna take things as is, but I think a majority of people are relatively okay with that, you know. And I don't want to call them sheep or anything like that because sometimes you like, how many people do you know really pay attention to politics and really watch the news and be like, man, look at our society right now? No, majority of people out there working, they they fucking grinding, they're trying to make a life for themselves and their children. You know, some people just don't have the fucking time to sit down and sort of, unless you're ridiculously interested in it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, with with that in mind, you know, how do you feel when you sort of when people ask you, you know, about the coast? Because you've been pretty, um, let's say, what what's the word I'm looking for? Outspoken. You've been pretty outspoken on your social media about Absolutely. sort of the government and stuff like that. You know, um, and, and you tell it, you know, you telling your what you think about things. How do you sort of work that in into sort of like your day to day stuff? Because you would be. And I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe, you know, your views would be on the fringes of society in a way. Yep. Right? Yep. Would you say that would you in, say that's correct? In the lightest sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh like I'm certainly not 
like a gang member or something, no, no, something no, along no. those lines. No. Um, if I was, who cares? But I'm not. I'm not mum. I'm not. I promise <laughs> yeah. you, mum. We're just not. confirming. He's, <laughs> he's not gang affiliated. He's yeah. he's just still a prospect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but I guess, you know, the question I'm asking is like, I understand where you're coming from and how you think, but like, how do you balance that with all the other and and taking a healthy criticism of everything else? Mm. You know, how do you still like what kind of stuff have you been reading and what kind of stuff have you been sort of going through, which sort of shaped your opinion on on the lockdown, COVID, all that other stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, I initially took things at face value. I accepted. Uh, what the media told me I suppose um, I suppose I, I first started to question the the media so it started with the media and um, the questioning around the media happened to sort of take place in America so mm. we've 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 been conditioned and told to hate Donald Trump because he's the most racist vile piece of man-hating um, all that is wrong in the world is is Donald Trump, and he's running America, and um, he's the reason why the world's a bad place. And that's from things on social media. That's from uh, uh, snippets of of CNN and and things along those lines. So I started to uh, listen to uh, fellas like Ben Shapiro. Uh, oh, I love Ben. I love Ben Shapiro. Ben, Ben's my boy. Yeah. Yep. And so listening to, to fellas like him, conservative voices who came came up, well, not came up with, or they spoke from factual sort of places. They, they weren't, they absolutely weren't emotive in what they were saying. They were speaking from, from facts or their facts. Yeah. And what's, what's Ben's famous line? Uh, facts don't care facts about your feelings. Facts don't care about your feelings. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that started to. Uh, started me down this this sort of rabbit hole mm. or initially with this idea that hey what you see in the media what you see on social media uh, isn't necessarily true but we've been conditioned we've been mm. absolutely conditioned to take it at face value and and run with it and be triggered and be uh, overly emotional or have emotional responses to things and and justify those emotions and and justify things like having a tantrum and, mm. and trying to get someone cancelled or, or or things of that nature. And mm. so from there, I, I started to question the, the, the media or, or be a little bit more discerning. And so when we were going through lockdown, and of course we had all the time in the world to, to be on our phones, on, yep. our, uh, on the internet. That's the social media at work right there, my friends. Absolutely. They looked at, they looked at COVID and be like, lockdown, perfect. Yep. Yep. And... Of course, I was exposed to content that that made me think uh, ab- about the the validity of of, of the coronavirus and mm. the justification for locking the country down. Um, my views didn't really take. Uh, I didn't really draw my line in the sand until the probably the the first drop into level three. So towards the end, um, I'd seen things in the media. Like they were dogging on the Tongans for having secret Faikava sessions. Mm. Um, Pacific Island people were were meeting and and having church sessions. Um, I was driving around throughout the lockdown. I, I had this this fake little 
um, PPE business. I had some masks mm. and I said I was selling them, but I, I, I needed to get out of the house. I needed to go for a drive. And I'd be driving through the North Shore and there, there are people out on the streets. Um, mm. Like nothing wrong with people from the North Shore, but there'll be people walking their dogs and, and little clusters and blah, blah, blah. And there's mm. so many people on the streets. No one's wearing masks, anything like that. And I kept that in my back pocket and in, in my mind going back to work once we were allowed to work speaking with boys from south auckland and finding out that police were in, in areas like mangere they were parked down back streets waiting to pull over people mm. uh fellas telling me throughout the lockdown uh, they were pulled over three to four times mm. throughout that four-week period uh these these are conversations i had with people probably four or five people a lot of my demographic or my my following is from South Auckland. So mm. I had that, that conversation with them. Right. And there was this narrative, this bloody narrative from the media, dogging our Pacific Island people, dogging the Tongans in particular mm. about this. But yet we had the uh, highest rates of, of getting checked in terms of the mm. uh, minority groups, the, the, the greatest enthusiasm for going and getting checked. We had a lower rate of infection uh, lower than Maori, mm. so Pacific Island people. I think we were either at three or five percent, and Maori were either at five or seven percent. And then, of course, you had seventy percent European or seventy percent mm. Chinese, etc. But yet, we were copying the flack in the media uh, on a national level. Mm. And towards the end of lockdown, I started to get pissed off at that. <laughs> and so, I, I had this little um, thing in my story where I pretty much told people, "Look, this is where I stand." This is my line in the sand. Um, if you are someone who is dogging Tongan people, if you're mm. dogging island people, if you're putting us down, then fuck you. Um, you don't have to spend your money with me. This is what I believe. I don't think this is 100% le legitimate. I don't think this is 100% real. Uh, and here we are. I am a business owner. Um, I'm... Me as a tattoo artist, that that's my business, mm. and I'm not allowed to work. I'm not allowed to provide for my family, uh, and this to me is is bullshit. I don't believe this. Mm. Why, mm. why? And I pretty much said, look, if if you if you don't like island people, and if mm. you're one of those people, you have that opinion. Um, fuck you. Keep your money. You don't mm. have to spend it. Go spend it with someone else. And I had. Uh, a few positive responses. I had many people resonate with, with what I was saying. The, mm. the defense, um, in response to the animosity towards the Polynesian community. And so we we exited the lockdown. And of course, I'm still listening and and reading uh, content that's that's making me think. Mm. And some of these things uh, are making me. Uh, question even more so it starts from well if the, if the media are, are, are putting on um you know a real a real biased a real chaotic sort of thing uh who who tend who who benefits from that well of course it, it would be the government that bailed them out 50 million dollars and the government who are wanting to stay in power or the, the government who are potentially hiding the fact that we have been heading towards a recession for the past two years, the spending has just been absolutely terrible, uh, and this particular COVID situation is very convenient to hide all of that. Mm. And so, so just with with that in mind, um, do you think the COVID virus is a real thing, 
Mm, or do you okay, think okay. It, it's not? Because I guess we got to put that into context now. Yep. Because I think just the, your explanation of things, it, we kind of need to sort of find out the, the, the foundation of it, right? So do you think the COVID virus is real or do you think that it's a result? And the, the other theory is that it's it's uh, caused by 5G as one of the theories. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're sitting on that fence. So you don't think it's a real virus virus. You think that it's something that's... Oh, sorry, I may be yeah, putting words yeah. in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, or is it something that, um, or is it like caused by five G? So there, there's, I have two angles to this, and there, there's there's one which involves Chinese Communist uh, Party, mm. uh, and that is to do with this being a bioweapon. So for me, the way I see things, it, it could be a bioweapon. I don't believe that uh, it is necessarily something that came from a bat flu. So that that takes you down, uh, there, there's a series of events, there, there are things related to that. Now, if it is real, if this is a natural virus, which I'm open to, mm. then it's it's no worse than a common flu to me. Mm. It's mm. it's no worse. Now, you, you, of course, you you can't look at the, <coughs> the shots of people dying in the streets. Mm. Um, you can't look at the recycled uh, things in the media of, of the Italian um, emergency room that's being used in Australia and in America and, and mm. everything like that. Um, when I look at the numbers, when I look at the infection rates, uh, this is an absolutely survivable thing. Um, people blow up this idea of oh, the infection rate in America is is mm. reaching 200,000 or, or something like that. So people who are getting infected, that number is absolutely uh, through the roof. But the amount of deaths compared to that number, compared to the population, mm. is like a speck mm. in, in, in the thing. That's interesting. I mean... I, I see I see where you're coming from and, and a big reason I ask you on because I'm curious on how people sort of go down this journey and this pathway where you sort of, this is your perspective now. It, it's good to hear that you're not sort of willing to die on this spot. You've, you're kind of open to sort of, if, if the right evidence presents itself, you'll change your mind, right? And I guess the evidence that you've seen so far it's this is where it's led you right so for me like like some of the stuff that you're saying like i think i can definitely agree with you that the chinese thing i think we can safely say that may have been staged now for for that reason for whatever reason i don't know you know the people falling in the streets and all these things because that's not happening anywhere else right so it's kind of like mm, there's, there's got to be an ulterior reason for yeah. that and then i guess that that it will be hard to explain because we don't really know where it where it started right? so, yes we knew wuhan and there's all these other theories but we don't know that so it'll be hard to sort of say what was the reason for that maybe it was they needed to close down wuhan as soon as possible those there must i can agree that there may have been something ulterior going on there mm. now with the other things in terms of new zealand um with a lot of people who run businesses and when they say I don't think we can continue to re-lock down New Zealand over and over again. There needs to be another way of us managing this. Because I'm coming from the side where the virus is real. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's yeah. my premise. We need to find ways that we can effectively continue to have our society running, not just the economy. You know, as important as that is, I think society as, as large, we need to continue living our life as best as possible. And continuing to lock down things is, is not going to be helpful. So I agree with 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 you on that like the lockdown we need a better way of doing it now in terms of the very first lockdown looking at everything and sort of 
seeing what what I've seen, you know, and a bit of it is yes from the media, but I also look at people like like Ben believes that it's also you know that is an actual virus, so he doesn't agree with how it's being handled, you know, and I guess that's a different question, right? So I, I do think with everything that's happening right now and the people that have have died from it, and and that's a common one that people use is like they compare COVID to the common flu, and I can see where that correlation comes to because the flu kills lots and lots of people every year, but we're okay with that. I guess we kind of accepted that there's certain people that's more vulnerable, this is going to happen. But I think the difference with COVID was not the death rate, but the the rate of how fast it was going. So that's the two, that's probably one of the main differences between the common flu and COVID. Yes, maybe if we look at numbers as a whole, um, and you can say, and you know, and you can probably say, it's because of the active stuff that they tried to use that may have slowed those numbers down, possibly. But in terms, if you had to look at the rate of how much people were dying, it, it is slightly different, I guess, in, in that case. So w with that, you know, it's kind of like, now we're sort of sitting in this place where regardless of what you feel about the virus, we all kind of come to this agreement that we need a better way of responding to it. Whether you believe it or not, it's, it's happening, yeah. right? You can shout at the rooftop, it's not real, everyone, it's not real. It's, it's the here, right? Yep. It, it, you know? And so with, with that, I think one of the biggest things that I believe, I, I do think the level four lockdown was necessary. Mm -hmm. that, that's what I personally believe. Yeah. I think with the active cases happening, at that time and the risk of community outbreak um things could have gotten a lot more worse I, you know i think if we just took it you know simple we may have ended up like a place like italy and to sort of address sort of what you said about you know using the same you know the same emergency room in this and they say oh here we're now in australia they use the same scene the media does that all the time anyway and that's due to either laziness or just trying to be you know quote unquote efficient mm. or they're just trying to portray stuff Yes, the media will make things look a lot more worse than they actually are, but sometimes it's a much more simpler explanation than that. It could be just they didn't have any footage of this, so they try and grab it, which is not good. Like I agree with you. That's like that's just going to create more confusion. It's like, hold on a fucking second. I saw that old lady in Italy. What the fuck is she doing in Australia? Now yeah. there's another film in, in America. It's like, what the hell, you know? Now with, with all of that stuff happening and... You know, I, I don't, we're, we're sorry. So we kind of were talking about the lockdown and stuff. And you kind of mentioned dogging on the people in South Oakland. I, I agree. No, that that that's that shouldn't have been a go. It is, and, and I had this conversation at work the other day. I was like, why the fuck would they, you know, especially with the second, um, with the second wave, they were saying, they, they identified the family as being Basfika. Mm -hmm. Like, what, why, why, why? Basfika, South Oakland. You know, why, why, why would you bring it up? Because I don't remember anyone identifying the ethnicity of, you know, if they're Palangi, you yeah. know, it's not that they say, oh, we have a New Zealand European that's been, you know, no, they say a couple in North Shore or a couple in Tauranga or something <laughs> like that will be, but then, they, no, for some reason they identify South Auckland. And that may be just a media, you know, they've always, you know, even before COVID, they were, they weren't, we weren't portrayed in the media in a good light mm. you know so it's no surprise to me that they would use that as a way because listen they fucking got clicks didn't they they got people to react they got people to engage in it yep. it, it, it worked for them you know so i think there's some conscious move when they do things like that 
when they sort of identify because they know people are going to be heated. You know, if they say, oh, a, uh, a New Zealand European, European couple from North Shore, no one would give two shits. You know, yeah. the Europeans would be like, oh, oh, that's that's surprising. And in a roundabout way, they would mobilize as well. There, there'd be people to mobilize and say, uh, well, people representing New Zealand Europeans or people from the North Shore that they'd mobilize and they'd mobilize in in ways that you might not mm. just see on, on social media. Possibly. But I guess we they they know the media knows how to play to our emotions. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think and and th- because they've been doing it for a long time, they they would know how to do it well. Now in terms of the South Auckland thing, you know, and there was always talk about why why is the infections always in the low decile areas? And you kind of brought it up in in your sort of video of yourself when we went to the second lockdown. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it, that to me makes sense. And the reason that makes sense is if you think of the international connection to Auckland. The airport's in South Auckland. Mm-hmm. If there was going to be an outbreak, it, it makes sense that South Auckland would be the first. And it also makes sense because the majority of the people... So, so yeah, I guess we can all say whoever didn't do the proper screening and checking, they fucked up, you know? If you're sitting on the other side where the virus is real, the people who didn't do the checking, they, they obviously missed something enough where it's like, Oh, they they let it through. Whether it was due to just negligence or it was like a, a, a genuine mistake, but whatever has happened, it got through. And you know the people who work there, they're all Pacifica, you know. So it makes sense that if there and, and I always said there was going to be a second wave. It just makes sense, right? It, there's no there's no vaccine, there's no cure for it. Or well, cure, you know, depends on what you talk your views on what a vaccine is. I don't think. Like, I, I knew it was going to happen again. You know, mm. we can't, iso- like, New Zealand wouldn't be able to survive if we continue to isolate ourselves. There's people repatriate, repatriate, uh, I'm so bad with that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. repatriating. So, so repatriating. Coming back, and, and a lot of them were tested positive. Those were majority of our positive cases during the lockdown, right? So, it, so and, and listen, we have shit, shit um, uh, facilities to, to have these people isolate in. So, I mean, like people were escaping left, right and center, you know, people mm-hmm. jumping the fence, you know, for for whatever reason, you know, you know, and you can have your opinion on, on those people about what they did and all that stuff. But it to me, it, it was it was going to happen eventually. Now, I think it's very interesting that it's happened close to the election. Yeah. It, it, it's very interesting. And I can see the connection there. And, you know, the thing about, you know, it's like, oh, why delay the election? It, it becomes very suspicious, mm-hmm. you know, and of course. But I do think, I do think people and governments will use major world events to their own advantage. Yep. You know, the same way people find any excuse to invade another country. You know, they will mm. they will find ways to use, as tragic as it may have been, you know, a an event like the coronavirus as a political move to gain. That I can agree on. You know, it yep. happens on both sides. You know. Yep. Um, it just happens that Labour happens to be in power right now. And mm-hmm. I, I'm in no way uh, a Labour fanboy or, or anything like that. I like to think I, I'm more central. I'm, I'm central, yeah. you know. I have right views, you know, I've got conservative views, but I've, I've also got liberal views as well, mm-hmm. you know. So um, so that's where I kind of pl- place myself. So with the... And I'm always interested because, like, all that stuff that you said, like, it makes sense to me. Like, I can see how you've gone to that place and how you sort of, you know, you... You know, I'm I'm not here to try and convince you otherwise. You know, mm. we're here we're just having a you know a conversation. Yeah. You know, but it's it's like it's interesting because I do feel like sometimes it can be unhelpful. 
you know some some people having you know views that may be different because it it can cause people to act in in a certain way mm-hmm. you know like the mass thing like listen i if you look if you research into the mass mass don't really do jack shit yep. really certain mass like the mass that they're making you wear i think they only stop 30% the silk ones do 50% and the really expensive ones that's done properly with wipes and and things like that you know like you need an N95 mask mm. and i think and, and there's no virologist out there that would disagree with that they would say the mask don't do shit unfortunately i have a beard so the mask does equally less for me mm. you know so i think if you sort of you know and, and certain people don't do the research you know, you obviously have read different stuff and that sort of shaped your opinion. I'm sure Mons would have read different stuff. And he says, you know, many times in the Dunga Pacifica sort of um, um, thing about him is that he's not sort of, he, he's identifying things that's already been released. But these are the things that he believes is true, right? Yeah. I, I can't sort of this, I can't sort of argue with that because he's using a source, right? And we're all at the, well, I guess what we're both doing is choosing different sources and what we believe in. But I'm going on this side because maybe because of like my nursing background and sort of like what what the, the studies that I've done, the work that I've done, I've worked in sort of like infectious diseases, you know, wards, mm-hmm. you know, so I do know how quick viruses can take on and actually be so, you know, detrimental, you know, I do think, I think the only, you know, what, you know, the more I talk about this with you, the more I realize we actually have probably more in common. And the only differences is that we just, whether the, the origin of the virus, whether it's real or not, mm-hmm. you know, because I do think, you know, whatever government, you know, like I said, labor just happens to be in power now, but any government would use this to their own advantage. Right? They'll use it as a way to get to be reelected. And the likelihood of labor being reelected is actually quite high. And the reason for that is that people want continuity, you know, and, and I'm, I'm the same, you know, like I'm a bit wary that, you know, and this is going to be surprising to a lot of people, the amount of shit I talk about labor, but there is something to say about having the continuity for government you know um because you because at least it's like the devil you know mm-hmm. as opposed to the devil you don't know so for example if we got national in it things are going to change so drastically because that's just the nature of it you know new government comes in they're going to stop things restart things change things and it may make things worse like we kind of know what's happening now i don't think jacinda has done that bad of a job you know in my opinion i think things could have gotten much much worse I think we could have experienced like we like New Zealand has an aging population, you know, and the, this virus attacks people who are elderly, people with pre-existing conditions, and I think we are very lucky that you know, and I keep saying Jacinda, Jacinda was is the leader. There's a lot of very smart health professionals and doctors and virologists and things that help shape the plan for lockdown, you know, that unfortunately don't get mentioned, but these people believed enough that this is going to be a serious event and they obviously suggested to Jacinda that this is going to be you know maybe lockdown would be a good idea and she went with it and and we got to a point where we were covid free you know and things were starting to look up you know it's almost like people forgot that we we're in lockdown unless you're like a business owner and you're trying to you're struggling to get things restarted again but you know that's that's sort of where like i sit on the things on the fence you know and the 5g thing that's an interesting one to me because I didn't really know too much about it until maybe like two or three weeks ago. Because I haven't really been paying attention to the news. I've been too busy with work, back and forth, and stuff like that. But but did you are you sort of sitting on that fence with the five G being a almost like a catalyst for for the corona? Potentially, 
Not really Cause, here cause in New Zealand. Because I don't really know much yeah. about the about 5G. <clears throat> so the problem with 5G is that, well, the firstly, the need for 5G is that mm. our technology is outpacing the radio towers that can keep up with the processes and, 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 and whatnot. So 4G um, was developed to sort of replace 3G, which was developed to replace the whatever the the network 4G, was. 4G, I think it was due to replace 4G? Um, 5G was to replace Yes, replace 4G. the 4G the yeah. same way 3G was to replace whatever the oh, little yeah, GSM, Nokia, the GSM, GSM yeah. Okay. God, people, will ne- like the younger generation will never know how difficult it was to load like one fucking page back in the day. Eh? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so that is, uh, without getting into the the potential conspiracy of it, we, mm. we need this technology or this this uh, radio frequency to keep up with how smart and how strong uh, the technology is. So that requires a radio tower that emits a certain frequency or a certain strength uh, radio wave. With these particular towers and this particular 5G technology, the there is not enough uh, evidence to, to show that the radio waves that are coming from these towers are safe. Mm. Um, we're talking um, like unsafe levels of radiation. Now, they might be very minimal uh, levels of unsafe radiation, but when you go back to the the 5G itself uh, requiring uh, many towers in, in a short space because the radio waves themselves can't go through concrete walls, they can't go through things like that, so the 5G technology itself is rendered useless to your device, to your business operation, if you can't get a good signal. So mm. in order to get a good signal, you need more towers. Now, if all of these towers are producing uh, unhealthy amounts of radiation, then we're going to end up with sick people. And supposedly mm. in Italy, where a lot of these uh, people got sick and died, the aging population and whatnot, firstly, they, they all had... Uh, not they all, or majority of these people all had uh, health conditions already mm. and whatnot. They were already aging people. Uh, there uh, was supposedly a vaccine that was trialed in that particular area a year ago uh, before any of this happened. So there was, a, there was a vaccine or a runoff of a vaccine that was in that particular area where a lot of the people were affected. What, what was the vaccine for? Uh, I think a, a flu or okay. a cold flu or something along those lines right um as well as that uh, they they say there are 5g towers there and probably in the cbd space or, or or in areas like that where they're trialing faster internet speeds and everything mm. like that the way people bring it all together especially here in new zealand is the fact that it was very convenient that while we were all in lockdown these towers got put up now you can say that they were uh, just meant to be put up at this particular like time. Coincidence, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there are also people who say that the technicians putting up these towers aren't allowed to to speak about what was hap- or weren't allowed to speak about what was happening. Uh, at the same time, while we're having our towers put up, the same towers are getting put up in in Britain or in in England, and the coincidence. The you mean at the same time, like yeah, yeah. So regardless of the timing, they're in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. They're they're getting towers put up while we're in lockdown, and the fact that 
people believe that these towers need more research. The the mm. levels of radiation that are being emitted from these uh, radio towers need more research because they are deemed to be unsafe. Mm. The these things need more uh, unbiased research, mm. and when that is denied, um, you can't help but but question. That that's a hard one though, isn't it? Like unbiased research because. I mean, you know, once upon a time, there was a lot of research done about um, Coca-Cola and saying that it wasn't bad for you. And then you look at, uh, so sugar wasn't bad for you. And then you look at all the people funding the research. It's the Koch brothers and stuff like that. So mm. th there's, I, I guess I agree with you in that. Like, because I don't know much about 5G, I do, you know, I can't sort of argue whether yeah. it's harmful or not. I have seen um, certain people talk about how harmful the radiation is and the certain frequencies can be this. On the other hand, I've seen other people in the technology field that are adamant that it's, you know, mm -hmm. with the research that they have now, it's not actually harmful. It's 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 not harmful, you know? But it's it's something very new. I mean, I mean 5G was only created in what 2019. Like the the technology no, 2010, sorry. It was, it was mm -hmm. in, in 2010, but wasn't actually able to be implemented into what we need, how to use it now, until like 2019 was around the first um, towers to go up. And I think it was South Korea. I think. Mm -hmm. I think it was South Korea. So, but in terms of like the frequency and stuff like this, there's, it's, it's a hard thing to say, right? Because, and I guess you used the word radiation, and that's, that's something that I guess we need to be careful of because radiation is something that that's quite well known and, and, is is it radioactive? Like we definitely know what certain ra or certain things can create radiation and things like that, you know. But I don't know, man. I mean, I I'm skeptical that that it is harmful. Like like I said, I'm I'm sitting on the the you know from a technology point of view, mm -hmm. I can only see good things coming from it. Like there's an ad that Vodafone does, and I know you know like you know it's a, a Vodafone ad, but they're they're showing a guy doing surgery in some asian country you know and then a guy here but he's doing it remotely and because 5g they, they're they're using like this internet speed as being so good that there's no delay mm -hmm. so this guy doesn't necessarily have to fly to another country he can do it remotely you know so i i look at things like that i was like just yeah that would be good you know because people when people think of internet it's like oh how fast can i download a youtube video how fast technology pe people don't realize that certain technologies like when it comes to the consumer side of things it actually wasn't really built initially for the consumer right like it's just like how the internet started off as like a military sort of way to sort of save files and things like that then it evolved into what we know as the internet mm -hmm. right so with 5g i don't think there's enough evidence for me to think like like from what i'm seeing which is limited by the way so i will premise with that yeah. is that there is anything to be concerned of especially not to the degree where i feel like i don't know what, what you think about the people actually actively going out and burning down the towers you know i mean that's i actually tattooed a fellow whose cousin or brother went to jail for for burning down 11 towers 11 towers yeah, 11 towers damn he's dedicated isn't he he is for the you cause know? yeah man <laughs> <laughs> but but like well like obviously they're they they have their own um you know, experiences and their own beliefs on the things. But, you know, to that degree, you know, where they're going to go out and actively burn it down. I know certain people, um, sorry, I, I know a person through another person who holds, you know, say, you know, 
more extreme views than even you probably even more than mons mm -hmm. you know like they they are really really like there's there's no doubt no doubt in their mind that this is what's happening like the 5g is is the cause of the coronavirus and all these other things and and they're they're difficult people to engage because they not saying they're stupid but and, and that's exact that's i'm definitely not trying to make it out that they're stupid but like i said earlier in the podcast when it comes down to conspiracy theories a lot of the time these people are looking for for control right like they're trying to find some semblance of control in an environment that's absolutely falling apart right and if you think like like the coronavirus we don't know where the origin is you know we don't know like when we're going to get the next vaccine we don't know if we're going to get in new zealand in particular whether we're going to go into another lockdown or whether we're going to have a third wave fourth wave fifth wave if you think about it that way we have no control really about what's going to be happening next the government obviously will decide about going into lockdown and things like that but i think if you look at people who are on the extreme extreme ends of the scale you know they a lot of the times they they need to believe that they need to believe that there is they pinpoint a bad person i guess is what is what a lot of people like to do because that makes sense you know and it makes sense to me because when there's certain things when there's no one to blame it's hard to come to terms with that like mm. the virus it could have been an accident it could have been it could have been um bioterrorism you know but if it was an accident and there isn't anyone to really blame you know and we're but we're still feeling the you know the results we're going in lockdown and out of lockdown we have you know we have second third fourth fifth waves of the, of this thing you know it's like i, I want to blame someone like who who is it you know and, and it usually goes to the politicians and things like that but they're just trying to manage you know and this is you know if they're really supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. you know they're just trying to manage whatever they can from wherever this virus is coming from right so with all that in mind it's it's hard to like it makes sense to me like like i understand why at the extreme ends people will be fully almost like a cult-like sort of thing you know yeah. where people like i'm just just 100 I'm, I'm in there and i think my point of view or and my theory would be it's it is them trying to a make sense of it all because they, they you must have already had a healthy <laughs> skepticism of the media and everything at the beginning anyway but at the same time it is trying to find some semblance of control in an uncontrollable situation if that kind of makes sense yep you know yep. what i mean but I think the, 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 what I think is bad from the other side of the spectrum is that we're too quick to dismiss everyone who doesn't believe us. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, the fucking conspiracy theorists, you know, they're just, you know, they're just doing this. But the reality is a lot of the time they're doing just as much research as they are. You know, they're just following what makes sense to them and it just happens to go on a different pathway. I think, you know, and... and I think we need to have open dialogue about things. Like, I agree with you. We need to be questioning things. We need to be making sure that everything, you know, we, we need to be holding our government to account, the media to account. We, we need to find some way of making sure that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know how that would be, you know, you know I, I agree with, like, protesting as a right, but I'm not a big protester, yep. if, if you know what I mean. So I guess the issue at the moment is, regardless of what people believe the origin of the virus is i think we can't we can't say that people haven't died from it because mm. people have people have gone sick and and the funny thing is my brother he's he's in the states sorry jay but i'm gonna drop you here he actually got corona he's uh 
he's just graduated from the American Navy um, um, boot camp. And while he was there, he actually caught the virus. Now, the virus at the moment, the new research is that it comes in different strains. That's why some people will get more sick than others. And he was lucky enough that he's young. He's really fit. He just finished boot camp. So obviously he's super fucking fit right mm. now. But he got sick for just a day, you know. But but other people who were there, you know, not as fit as him did appear to sort of take a lot more longer to, to get better. So I do believe that people, that, that it is here and it does happen. I just don't think, you know, and I think where we can probably find common ground is maybe the response. Yeah, maybe yep. the response yep. to how we manage it and, and how and where we move forward from here. The 5G thing, I don't think I have a lot of, because I don't have enough research into it and I don't know enough about it aside from what I think that the amazing things of technology that could happen with it, you know, um, I, I can't really comment on whether it's healthy or not healthy for you. Some mm-hmm. of the very brief two or three things that I've read and maybe the uh, there's a tech guy like like Elon Musk talks about it and he's not concerned about 5G. Should we believe in Elon Musk? I don't know. He looks like a fucking alien. You know, who knows? Yeah. You know, but you know, but there's certain things that I that I can read um you know that kind of that look like they they've done enough to sort of know the ins and outs of, of 3G cuz I don't think I mean what what they're talking about it's just an evolution of what we've previously have. So there's a lot of commonalities with our previous, you know, 4G and 3G and stuff like that. It's just building on the foundation of what's happened in the, mm. in the previous technology. And that's what technology usually does, right? It sort of upgrades, you know, and people find innovative ways of, of looking at a certain technology and making it maybe do something different, but it's doing something better. Yeah, yeah. So my hope is that, you know, maybe, maybe the research will come out, you know, later and, 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 we can sort of all find some agreements, whether it's good or bad for us. For me, I'm going to take the route where I'm going to think it is okay, mm-hmm. you know, until people start becoming more sick and things like that. And, you know, there's still good journalists out there and there's still good people who report things for sure. Like they may work in a media media place where it is leading to one side, but that they continue to sort of, write the stories that they think is, is the truth quote unquote the truth right yeah the truth yeah. you know so well, uh, you know I'm I'm skeptical like oh, as always with, with everything but at this point in time I don't think 5G is harmful but but then again the um, you know the results are out are not even out yet so we'll have to see absolutely right I mean I, I'm, yeah. I'm still I'm open to that I'm open to that at least especially because I'm not that real red on it at the moment mm. you know so that's kind of like, and th- and that's an interesting because I can because I can definitely empathize and sort of follow you and and, and most likely how Mon sort of got to the information because you're doing exactly what I'm doing. I'm getting information, I'm reading it. This is what I believe. You're getting information. This is your perspective because people can read like the same thing, right? They can read literally the same article and come away with two differing opinions. Yep. I think what's important is we do need this open dialogue, you know, between both sides of the fence, you know, mm. and I think at some point people, yeah, this is, it's not going to happen because people love the extremes and they'll sit in their extremes always, you know, I think being moderate is not a, not a popular thing to be right mm. now. Like you choose a side or you, or you go get fucked, but yep. you know, um, it's a little bit more complicated than that. But I think if we can sort of keep a dialogue open and, and find commonality, you know, because I think a lot of people will agree, you know, we can't continue to go into lockdown. And I know 
the people on Monza's side of um, Hope Monza doesn't mean, mind me dropping him, dropping his name a couple of times, but shout out to Mons. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but for also culture. for the culture. But you know, it's one of those things where if we can find that common ground, we might be able to have more of that dialogue. Yeah. You know. So ah oh, man, I, I think that's what's missing nowadays is the ability to talk to each other mm. so for someone like myself uh well i mean for for maybe the five ten minutes that you were you were speaking yeah, I, <laughs> I, I i didn't interject mm. i i didn't uh, uh challenge you or say no you're wrong <laughs> I, I didn't attack you the person mm. I, I didn't say and i appreciate that <laughs> yeah, yeah well i mean i think we we need more of that Mm. And the problem that we're facing at the moment and the way people end up feeling outcasted and end up feeling a little bit more extreme in their views is that their arguments or, or their, their thoughts aren't the first thing or aren't the things that get debated. People get attacked as people. The person gets attacked. And <clears throat> a thought that came to mind while you were speaking was that uh, we were prepared. We, we were uh, conditioned through social media and and the media for this most recent lockdown and by that i mean back in it was august the 26th when i shared a screenshot of a post on facebook and this predicted that the first week of august we were going to go into another lockdown and I was, I was off by about four days it ended up being like 10th of august but i kept an eye up and on the first of august the COVID posts on instagram changed to uh it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when um the, the the conversation about masks came up strictly from the first of august uh the conversations were get ready masks blah 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 and then boom 10th of august happened and we were in lockdown the day after that happened the how would you say the anti-influencer posts came out the how to deal with a conspiracy theorist how to uh, speak to someone um, or how to sort of deal with someone or is your family member a, a conspiracy theorist do, do you i suppose you can maybe see where i'm going with this in in that the the person and the the questioning and the the thoughts and this is what i believe or this is what i've come to that is is not the thing that's being addressed it's the person how can we shut down the person how can we close off the person themselves before we even get into uh, open dialogue and we need more uh, forums like this we need we need more voices and the way i see things is that people um on the q side the q and on people not mons but but people like mons and myself who have uh, potentially polarizing views, um, crazy views to some. It's hard to communicate or plant the seed for someone to question uh, someone on the opposite side of the spectrum. If if you say, yeah, I don't believe COVID is real. It's a bioweapon from China because they're going to bring in 5G and Bill Gates is, is blah, 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 this and that. And, and yeah, why don't you believe me? Mm. Why don't you save, the, save our children? It needs to take place in manageable doses. The communication needs to be in manageable doses. Uh, planting the seed, well, things like, okay, well, if, if you and I both agree that the, the media doesn't tell an unbiased truth or unbiased message, well, then uh, can't you 
see or not maybe maybe the words can't you see or, or can you see where there is an opportunity for such a chaotic message to inspire people to just do what they're told to stay at home to to just uh bend over for for anyone and everyone and in particular we have jacinda who is an amazing spokesperson uh she dances around questions like like oh like like a true politician oh i I haven't seen anyone do it as good as she does uh when you have someone like that who the world absolutely just just get behind and then you've got a a media outlet that are, are pushing just such a biased sort of recollection of events it's it's hard to hear then someone who has a complete opposite view uh, with with all the information that they have been looking at, all the the different uh, angles and aspects and information, to accept what they have to say because you've been conditioned, you've been told to trust, to trust the media only, to trust the government only for for information, and we end up with the situation. So we've got the extreme Q team or, or the people on this side of the spectrum. Then we've got the people who have been absolutely conditioned i would say absolutely conditioned to trust only the government trust only the media to to give you what's actually happening um the media not necessarily our media but like say if if we jump over the border to australia um and look at things a little bit more on a world scale uh, the the media who are recycling uh incorrect footage of of things that are taking place polarizing the absolute extremes of a virus that to me is is not uh, nearly as dangerous as obesity uh, heart disease things like that Uh, we come back to new zealand and dr ashley bloomfield said oh he had to how would you say uh not necessarily correct but but explain things again that although at the time we had 22 deaths um associated with covid uh five of those deaths were actually deaths with COVID. And there's a video on Instagram of, of him recanting uh, information that was shared. And in this particular video, he says, well, actually, there was a guy who died. He tested for COVID. It was a negative. But we assumed that it was a, a COVID death because he potentially was exposed and because he had symptoms. But he did test negative for COVID. But we're going to record that as a COVID death. Mm. And now they're saying or it it depends on when they're speaking or in in what context we had 17 deaths uh because of covid and five deaths with covid and if we then scale back those 17 deaths i'm pretty sure there was a lady who i spoke to who was a client she tried to tell me that there was a a, an infant or a newborn that died i i didn't hear that so maybe Mm. I'll, i'll 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 just put it out there that I heard that, but I'm, I'm going to run with the, the idea that the 17 other deaths were deaths uh, in rest homes or, or elderly. I think that was a majority, yeah. yeah. Sweet. So that's, I'm just, yeah, I'll put it out there that I did hear that it was, but I think I'm just going to run with this, this scenario, this scene. So if we go to the rest homes, uh, from what I understand, the rest homes pretty much were turned into managed isolation facilities. And the common rooms that they had, uh, were no longer a thing. Um, people were kept in their rooms. The nurses, of course, had to wear their PPE, which made them look like aliens if, if, we're, if we're getting really extreme, you know, covered from head to toe, 
face masks, plastic masks, gloves, everything like that, treating these people, uh, these elderly people who have lost their routine. They're in rooms where they are sort of managed by non, non-human, they're, they're missing that human connection. Uh, you can imagine how quickly someone can deteriorate in a state like that. My grandma was in a rest home, and uh, within the space of a year, from being her independent self, having her fall going into a rest home, she deteriorated and wasted away, literally, in this rest home. I can imagine that there would be people or children of these uh, deaths who may have their own uh, opinions on, on what happened. I would like to say that uh, in in a situation where we are having an open open forum, I would like to put it out there where I stand with these deaths. I I think that when you take away an elderly person's routine, their their human experience or the ability to to meet with other people, and you treat them with with absolute sort of uh, things are so sterile and and things are so. Um, blank you know you just four walls that's all you have no exercise no nothing um depending on what they already had you can imagine that people will waste away they'll lose the uh desire to live and then of course once they're dead um depending on whether or not they had flu-like symptoms it would be safer to record things as a covid death than not to record it as a covid death it's hard to accept that these particular circumstances which of course they're not going to repeat on a national level or on you know the 1pm events that were taking place they're not going to stand there and say the exact words that I was saying but to think that in situations like this where it's not as black and white as it's communicated initially this is what locked the the country down this is this is what uh, caused um, businesses to to sort of go bankrupt this is what caused pretty much the, the country to stand still mm. and it's interesting that the government don't want to release suicide stats until 2022 um, I know through my mother of a lady who committed suicide that was working for the business that my mum works for mm. um, ah I probably yeah I, probably, I won't say any more but I I know of yeah uh, that don't um, give, yeah yeah just for privacy reasons yes maybe. yes yeah, yeah. Um, I also know that well I mean it's fact people weren't able to go in for treatment on certain things like maybe cancer treatment uh, things along those lines you can imagine that people who have missed surgeries or treatments they're going to get sicker um, businesses who weren't allowed to operate. Uh, but had things like the rent due uh, are suffering or, or were just, just bouncing back and then the latest lockdown happened. I, I would like to say that um, as someone who was listening with was with uh, business owner ears, uh, I'm certainly not a corporation, I'm not a big business, I'm just a single entity, but listening in, I, I never heard anything along the lines of rent relief for small businesses. Um, medium businesses I never heard anything the wage subsidy that that was announced and released absolutely benefited the the workers but nothing to support the business owners and with that being said the people who were paid 80% uh, well 
the the money that was given, I think something around the figure of five hundred a week or four ninety a week. Business owners had to top up, or, or certain businesses had to top that up to eighty percent. And for for businesses with five to ten people, three hundred something per week potentially, uh, it's easy to see how businesses went under. Now, of course, I'm I'm tugging on the heartstrings and and everything like that because I absolutely I I identify or I resonate with 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 things like that, and I do believe I was the victim of the lockdown in 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 a way that you know I, I don't don't agree. Hmm. I got my subsidy two weeks late. That's that's I'm not gonna say that that's anyone's fault. It's, it just happened to be that it took that long. Uh, I think it's no as well. I think I should mention that uh, Creative NZ topped up my subsidy. Hmm. So I don't uh, I don't want to make it sound like I'm too much of a of a victim here. Uh, they they topped that up, so it, I got some funding from them as well. Um, but the I don't know that the the mental, the, the mentally it, it takes you there, when you you come back out and you you you're sort of recovering in a roundabout way and then you get put back mm. in. Uh, I would like to say in, in terms of the the first of August through to the tenth, um, having those messages and then all of a sudden starting to have the conversation about masks and everything, I I think it's absolute bullshit that for 102 days when we had no COVID deaths. We, for the first 24 days of that 102 days of, of no COVID deaths and, and blah, 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 for the first 24 days, we had people coming into the country, uh, leaving early on compassionate grounds, people escaping. Uh, we obviously didn't have testing uh, taking place, and we had um, well, amateurs looking after isolation um, areas and whatnot. We had the two stories of the European girls who went up and down the country for a funeral, dishing out hugs everywhere, um, personal trainers and 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 whatnot. Uh, they potentially had clusters, but nothing was 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 really mentioned. Mm. So we're still within that twenty-four days. We had people who, in the thousands, repatriations, people coming back to NZ, people getting let go early for their compassionate grounds, etc. No testing. And we had no cases. We had no cases. The probability of, of where all these people were coming from, um, people uh, being let out early, we had, there, there was just nothing. I, I find that hard to stomach. Mm. From from those 24 days through to the 101 days, uh, we had managed isolations. Uh, we eventually had the Defence Force come in and, and take over. We had people still escaping. Uh, and we started to realize that people who were managing the, the isolation places weren't getting tested themselves. Or 60% of them weren't mm. getting tested. It, it really does. I think there's a lot of stuff there that I can sort of see and like, I would agree with. There's some stuff that I would probably question a bit more. Mm. Like, And I guess let me try start from the beginning. In terms of the information that sort of just just showed up, the yeah, the... We talk about the mask. They're talking more about like the whole trend of social media became more again talking people. And, and you're right. That's no surprise to me. Like governments try to soften the blow as best as possible always. And they're going to use the tools that's available to them. And I think I think the one biggest criticism, I think, is that they knew it earlier. 
I think they knew that there was an outbreak, mm -hmm. but tried to put things in place to sort of make it out like it's it's just happened and trying to soften the blow. So that's what I think. So what? How would you come to? Or how did you come to the conclusion that you? Well, if you think about how every major sort of announcement a government has, and we have to put it into context, right? Because we haven't in our lifetime had a pandemic this big happen to the world. Like we've had like SARS, we've had Ebola, but it didn't sort of become as big of a thing like like where it sort of crossed multiple countries and is literally affecting the entire world. Like the last time that happened was like the, the Spanish flu, 1918 or something like that, right? So the thing with that, like I, I believe, I'm not gonna say believe, but what makes sense to me is that the government would start as soon as they caught wind of um, that there may be a second, you know, there may be a second wave or, you know, they've tested some positives like, fuck, it's back in the country. They would do everything they can to make that blow a lot more softly because they got a lot of flack doing the first first uh, lockdown, you know, mm -hmm. especially by the business owners. And rightly so, you know, because like you're saying, like the wage subsidy and stuff. Yeah, that, that's fine for the workers, but the business is struggling, right? Like late... Like one of the biggest things that I'm a big believer that people, if you can start a business and, you know, and you have a great idea, you know, you should have the freedom and the ability to do that. Right. And I think it hurt most of those small business initially. And it's an election year. You you want to you know, everyone's going to play politics. You yeah. know, they're going to try make themselves sound better than they actually are or sort of try pander to one side and pander to the other side. So when I look at stuff like that. I, you know, this is just an opinion at this mm. point in time, you know, but when I look at stuff like that, I'm, I'm not surprised, you know, it makes sense that, that any government would do this. Like they may have known beforehand and they're trying to like, fuck, this is going to be a big thing because look at all the shit we got from the last time. Of course, we're going to, cause this time around, they're going to try and make it easier. Right. Mm. Because when we did lockdown, I remember the, when they announced the lockdown, I was at work, we all stopped. We watched the announcement and it was a shock. You know, it's like, really? We're, like, what does that mean? Like, mm -hmm. we're, we're stopping the entire country? That's unheard of. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. How, how are we going to stop an entire country from doing things? That's crazy, right? So that, you know, and then the novelty of it sort of wore off quite quickly, right? Like, I was very lucky that I was counted as an essential worker, so I still had to go to work, right? So my life didn't really change aside from traffic being fucking dope. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. traffic was awesome. But I think, I mean, that that's how I would probably look at it. Mm. I would think everything is planned. I think to a certain degree, when you see stuff like that, yep, it's probably good to sort of think that something may be coming, you know, but I don't think it's like, oh, uh, it's, it's, it, the coincidence is, is that they probably knew it was already going to happen. So this was their way of sort of calming the masses. And, and the government, and, and that's nothing new. The government always tries and gives us, like, not the whole truth. They'll always give us a little bit here, a little bit there, because their fear is that they, you don't, and, and at the same time, you don't want to cause a mass panic. You know, can you imagine, like, oh, we're going to lock down because blah, 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 and then people just get so fed up with it, they, you know, they start, you know, riots. I mean, people start riots and stuff for much, much less. I was in Tonga doing the Democratic riots. You know, that shit oh, was six? intense. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was intense, you know. And that stemmed from basically things not working fast enough. We're mm -hmm. already in the, mo you know, the movement. Sorry to digress a bit, but we're already in the movement of transitioning to a democratic system. But all these guys thought it wasn't fast enough. So 
they just got people really drunk and then they smashed up and burnt down everything. Burned their own businesses. Yeah, burnt their own businesses. You know, it's like, so I think, and, and when I look at places of leadership, we have to be, it, it becomes very difficult because I think when you're trying to announce something like this to a country, you have to try and make it where people don't go into a panic. And mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit what, you know, you know, say what you want about Trump and stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, for me, I'm neither here than there. I find him ridiculously entertaining, mm. you know. But, you know, the reason why governments like the American government, you know, not specifically Trump, you know, he just happens to be president now. European governments, New Zealand government, Australian governments, they're not going to tell you, all right, guys, um, we're absolutely fucked, all right, um, but we're going to lock down the country in six days. No, they're going to go about it in a in a way where they're going to try make it as calm of a transition as possible. Now, whether that was the right call, that's for me, that's more worth debating. That's more worth having a discussion. Could we have done it differently? Did we have to go up to level three and only Auckland? And, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, you know, everyone goes level one. You know, that, that to me, that's 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 worth a, a, a conversation and maybe a debate amongst our leaders. Yeah. You know? Because I, I still do believe that we can't continue to go into lockdown. Like, I, I, I'm a firm believer that if the, the economy runs well, a lot of other stuff run well alongside it, yep. right? Livelihood. Um, yeah, so if that's not running because of lockdown, it makes sense that things are going to get fucked and fucked and fucked and fucked and fucked. You know, we're borrowing more, we're borrowing more. We're, you know, I don't know the last... Um, budget whether we're going to end up on a surplus we're not we're still working within a oh you know in a negative deficit in a so deficit yeah. bracket you know so that makes sense to me and and, and so so that's what i think you know yeah. like for the for all that stuff in terms of um the rest homes, i've worked in a rest home and you're right that the human contact is important now I guess it's, it'll be hard for us to comment on what actually went down in that actual rest home um, where all those um, people unfortunately passed away. Um, but I can tell you as a person, as a healthcare provider, we, we do recognize that. I think we do recognize, especially rest homes. And rest homes, you know, look, shout out to all the people working work in rest homes, man, because that's a hard fucking job, man. Yeah. It's hard. But I also understand that it's a, you know, um, is a shit place to be, mm. you know. I've seen many people, and you, you know, your experience with your grandmother, and I've seen many people come in and deteriorate, as you know, o- almost ridiculously quick, you know, mm. because of multiple factors, you know, loss of environment, loss of friends, loss of family, you know, loss of identity. All these things will impact and cause people to pass away. Now, I guess the the idea that you put forward about all that stuff contributing to them passing away as opposed to purely just a coronavirus, I can't not disagree with that yeah. because that's true. I think if we, if they were working, because I can imagine the healthcare workers being quite concerned too. They don't want to catch corona. They don't want to take it home to their family. You know, when during the first lockdown, I was getting changed outside on my fucking deck before going in just to get showered, you know, because I mm-hmm. still had to go see people. That, that was my job. I still had to see people in their homes and do all that stuff. And that was just precaution, right? Because... If you're a caring person, you don't want to bring this back to your family, regardless of whatever, wherever you sat on the spectrum. I think if you're in an environment like that, you take precautions anyway, just in case, yep. just in case you got to have a just in case thing. Right. So with that, I, I think, yes, that is a that did contribute to that. But I do think that the, the virus did end up taking because of the rate. 
it, and it, for me, it does it does come down to how fast they were passing away, and they were. Listen, and it's like if you believe what the media says, I can at least take. I, I believe I can take this as fact, which is just weird, but that's like all the stuff I said before. But I think in terms of symptoms, because I don't, I don't really think that they're that evil where they'd be lying about that kind of stuff. It could be now. It, it could be a different argument when you talk about where they got this information from, but I think during that report, because of how fast they were passing away, I, I don't see a reason that I, I shouldn't take that. Because every news outlet, even the ones that weren't really left-leaning and were very critical of the government, they were still reporting the exact same thing. So I, I can kind of, I kind of have to take it at face value for that. Mm. But, but that doesn't sort of dismiss what you said. And I agree that that would have been a major, major contributor to it. And it could be maybe an alternative view to that would have been they because of the lack of human contact and the change of environment and routine and stuff that they, their immune system dropped even further, which probably made them more vulnerable to all the other things that would have happened. And I guess it, it becomes an interesting thing because you, you kind of touched a little bit about the numbers and stuff like that. And, and that's that's always an interesting thing because I never take numbers to be exactly for what they are. Mm -hmm. People fit numbers to make things worse, to make things look better. That's the game of politics, man. If you think that that's not happening, then, you know, you you really, you really need to check that. So, yeah, polls. Yeah, polls up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, polls. Look at yeah, look at look at the polls when Trump got elected. Eh? How yeah. fucking accurate was that? And that's uh, that is to blame. Well, that's purely I'd blame the left for that. Mm. Uh, mm. They they pushed people into corners and people yeah. didn't want to share who they were voting for. Um, and most of those and most of those people didn't even really want Trump to be elected. They just didn't like fucking Hillary. Mm. And people need to understand that. You know, yep. people just need to understand that. But you know, what was I talking about? Numbers. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so value. numbers. So. With with the numbers in terms of like deaths, it'd be hard to determine what it's like the chicken. What came first, the egg or the chicken? Right, chicken or the egg? You know, maybe the person did have the virus, but maybe died of a heart attack or something like that. So then we become it becomes just more an academic exercise then about what came first. Like, do you think he would have had a heart attack if the coronavirus wasn't there? You know, or you know all these things, and that becomes more of like a it becomes more of an academic exercise because at the end of the day, this person passed away and this person had the coronavirus. Now, the one that you said that came back negative, but they still count as the part of the deaths, that's part of the numbers thing where I, where everyone should always take that with a grain of salt, mm. you know, for sure. Because um, it could be just unexplained sometimes. Sometimes people can be like, oh, he maybe, you know, how did he end up here? Only people with positive symptoms, positive for COVID, end up in this place. And this person's negative. Uh, something must be wrong with the test and we also have to take into account human error right mm -hmm. we have to take into account human error and the way that you know imagine doing like thousands of thousands and thousands of tests you know because there was a time where it was like everyone was getting fucking tests i got tested yep. you know did you get tested no no <laughs> you didn't get the microchip up and you know no, 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 no. <laughs> but no, it's on my phone yeah yeah true it's already there right so with that, I guess we have to take into account some of the human error. And, you know, governments are not very good at taking responsibility for fuck-ups, mm. you know. So they may have just come with some, maybe some half excuse to say, well, he was there. We're just going to count him as numbers. And then maybe, and I don't think that's necessarily a conspiracy for them to get the numbers up. I think it could be more simple. 
it could be as simple as them just not wanting to admit that they fucked up with the, with the testing, mm-hmm. you know. So there's stuff like that that may be that may be the case. Um, you also, you know, talked about um, the business stuff, and I agree, one hundred percent. I agree. I think we need to be doing more for these business owners and keeping the economy afloat, because, you know. That, that's what's keeping people well. That's what's keeping people employed. That's what's keeping people, you know, getting paid and providing for their families, keeping the economy going. You know, you look at the middle class and lower class people just working week to week, just trying to make a living. You know, we knew we do need to come up with a much more better response, shall we say, to, mm-hmm. to the virus, you know. So well, I don't know what that looks like, though. That's the, that's the thing, right? I, I can definitely see that this isn't the perfect system, you know. And I'm not willing to 100% accept that this is the only way to do it. I think we should continue to talk and try get, or you know, or vote, or, or sort of like um, make your voice heard with your vote. You know, yeah. that's probably one way of doing it. The elections, like, it's not like we have to wait another three years. You know, if you really feel that you know, you know, this government's not doing that or that government's not doing that, this is your turn to have a say. You know, get out and vote. You know, we have ridiculously low numbers in terms of Pacifica voters, so especially youth. Yeah. You know, we need to be out there and, and, and saying our, our bit and having our say. You know, that's the only way we can have any sort of change, although I don't think the government will be the key to change for us to get better. Mm. But I do think it can make things easier, for sure. So I don't I don't know, man. Like, I, I hear what you're saying, and a, a lot of the stuff makes sense. I think we only disagree on minute things, really, you know, like, but maybe those, but those minute things are the determining factors to where we sit on each side of the fence. Because I think me and you are more like middle ground, I think, you know, except we're just like, I'm on one side of the fence, you're the other side, but like, we're both touching the fence. Mm. You know what I mean? And we also, we want the best for, mm. um, yeah. for civilization, for people, for our communities. Of course. Of course. Um, for you our know? Pacifica people. Yeah. I think it's just unfortunate because I don't trust any government, you know. Even if national is, in, 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 and you know, I know national is big on the economy, which which I believe is is a good thing. Um, I don't believe that they that governments have our best interests at heart anyway. Yep. Regardless, right? And it comes down to a lot of what I learned from Ben, which makes sense to me, is like smaller governments, you know, allowing us the freedom to decide what we think is best for ourselves. Obviously, there's a, an agreement about what's not okay. You know, as a society, we already have that agreement. That's why Common we have law. certain laws and stuff like that. Like, you can't go out and murder people, assault, steal, you know, fuck people over. Like, that. that's something we all agree. Mm. But with all the restrictions that most governments put on the people anyway, in, 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 a, in a roundabout way to try and control, you know. No, and I don't say control in like, a, ooh, you know, the Illuminati control the whole thing. I don't, I don't mean it that way. I think governments will always try and pander to the people to get the vote. Right. Um, and, and that's not nothing new, you know. So so when stuff like this happens and people point this out, it's like, I, I get it. Like, I can see where, you, where you're coming from and, and how you sort of believe that. At the same time, I, I sit here and think that's not surprising to me. I, like yeah. I, I have, uh, you know, and like I said, I'm not a national fanboy or a, or a labor fanboy or any you know thing I, I have certain views that sit on both sides of the of the political spectrum um and i vote for the ones who have a majority of it because not every every you know party will have everything that i want you know mm. so it, it's i'm not surprised i think it, people 
and governments and people in power will always use events like this to gain more power. And I'm always going to be wary of that. But I think certain things I can't deny. I'm not going to say we be, or, or, the, or society because there, there are people who hold very polarizing views, as you say. But I think for me, there's certain aspects that I agree with you on, but certain things that I think is better explained in my mind the way that I've explained it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, the, but the important part is, is that we are having this conversation at the end of the day, right? Because we can both go on Twitter and we can do a back and forth nonstop and it just turns into this like week of like, of, of really just not really, because you read certain things that you disagree with and Twitter especially is bad for that. I keep going back to Twitter like I'm, like I'm a spokesperson for Twitter or something. You know, fuck Twitter. But <laughs> Sounds like you love Twitter. Love and hate. It's a love <laughs> and hate relationship with Twitter, man. But like people read certain things purely to respond you know they're not yeah. they're not yeah. trying and, and I'm guilty of this all the time you know like when I read something that's quite negative luckily it hasn't happened to me knock on wood yeah. recently but when I did when it did happen to me I'm not trying to understand that person I'm not trying to see why he thinks the way that he thinks a big reason why I started this podcast was to try and have this so to have people with differing views and differing opinions to come and have this conversation because I find that the most interesting right I'm trying not to live a life of having a a massive echo chamber of just the same information that I've been fed all the time, the same people I follow, the same political people that I agree with, you know, all across the spectrum. That's why a big reason I'm my second round on Twitter is that I'm trying to follow people that don't share the same opinion of me because a lot of the time our core beliefs aren't challenged at all and you don't necessarily know what you believe until those are challenged. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, man, what a journey we've been on. We're just we're just getting started. I we, know we can always get the second second episode in. We've barely just scratched the. We didn't even we didn't even say the B word, the the B acronym. Oh man, we didn't even touch base on that. Uh, I don't know. Well, what I do think it gives us an opportunity to have a second episode. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Absolutely. Man, Jeff, I. I've had an amazing time tonight. You, you've really given me a, a different perspective. You know, obviously, uh, uh, I humbly and, and respectfully disagree with some of the stuff that you said, but I, I'm happy that you're here talking about it. You know, mm. and hopefully, some of the things that I've said, you've able to sort of follow my logic at the same time about yeah. where we come from. And at the end of the day, I think we both are trying to do the best we can and what we think is best for society. We don't want harm to anyone else, and I think the real harm comes from people being absolutely absolute dicks and rigid in their thinking and not willing to have a conversation like having banter is okay yeah. right like yeah. i think banter is fun like i said at the very beginning but when that banter turns into like a, a, an argument you know because if we if we sort of sit back and think okay how am i going to convince other people to sort of believe or, or sort of go down the pathway i'm going part going down you kind of have to say kind of have to sort of just present what you believe as as this is me and you're going to have to hope that the people read it, um, um, that the evidence will speak for itself. Mm -hmm. You're right? Yep. So, listen, now we come to the end of the show. You want to do a bit, couple of shout-outs and where you work and maybe some social media stuff you want to sort of plug right now? Here's your opportunity. Yeah, all righty. Uh, so, i just like to give a shout-out to uh, my boss, Steve Marching. Thank you for putting up with me and, and my, uh, my views and the conversations I have at work with my clients and your clients. Uh, so 
My name is, is Jeff Siale Thomas. I'm a tattoo artist based at Western Tattoo. My handle is Jeff Tattoo Artist or at Jeff Tattoo Artist. And if you've listened for the whole time, you'll, you'll know that the spelling is the original, the proper spelling, G-E-O-F-F, Tattoo Artist. All one word, none of this J-E-F-F stuff, none of this George stuff. Um, I've also got a nickname, George. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I got misnamed, uh, someone... This Tamati from Bloody Seven Sharp called me George on national television when he interviewed me. George. And now I, since that day, I've I've been I get called George, and it's a running joke that still is running. Uh, so, yeah, feel free to follow me on Instagram. That's probably the only place where I actively post my memes and my anti-mask, anti-coronavirus stuff. And as well, sometimes there's there's a few tattoos here and there. That's my job. Um, I would like to also just, just quickly acknowledge my wife. I'm not going to name it. Um, but yeah, when we were talking about the, the business, uh, stuff and the commercial cleaning, uh, she was my emotional punching bag. She was my, my number one helper and my right hand, uh, person who helped me steer through a very stressful time. And um, I suppose she's a part of my success story, so I want to give her a little shout out. And then, of course, mum as well. Uh, pretty much my, my backbone is, is that woman. And I'll save the other thanks for our next video, for our next podcast. Definitely. Thanks, brother. Malo Pito for listening to this episode of the Thought Plantation Podcast. You can find more episodes like this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Thought Plantation Podcast. We are also on Twitter at T Plantation Pod. And I look forward to seeing you guys in the next one.